Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Welcome back, kids. It's another great Sunday in the Brewing Network studios. John's with us, but Doc is not. What are you going to do? It happens. We'll talk more. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. There'll be a lot less slurring on today's show. I can guarantee that for you folks. you want to do. (laughs) Uh, Fair warning for you folks in the chat room. Uh, Daniela is not going to be here to moderate the chat room until about 5.30 or so. She's stuck in traffic. That lazy German. So uh, on her way home from work, she will be here. Until then, I'm going to try my best to watch what's going on in there, uh, which which means I'm probably going to miss most of your questions. You're going to have to save them until a bit later because I can't can't read and talk at the same time. That's too. I many. wish they could <laughs> see what I see right now. <laughs> me, a laptop, a mixer, a computer. Yeah, I got know. five things in front of me. I'm ready to go. But I see that you guys are all ready to make fun of me and saying that, like, usually Daniela weeds out all the stuff they say about me. I don't even hear the half of it. I'm here today, boys. I'm ready. So, uh, so you bring it. You bring <laughs> That's it. all I got to say. Okay. Uh, with us in the studio today, I'm very excited about this because, uh, it's, it's a first for us here at the Brewing Network. And, uh, I'm thinking a first for, for maybe other, uh, brewing information places too. In talking to professionals, uh, we actually have a professional extract brewer with us today. And I, I don't want to get your last name wrong, but it, uh, so you're going to have to correct me. It's Don uh, Gortmuller? Close. Close. Oh, wait, let me get you on there. Go ahead, Don. Uh, Gort Miller. Gort Miller. Right, Miller. Miller. Okay, Gort Miller. There we go. Don Gort Miller. And it's from Pacific Coast Brewery, uh, which is a brew pub in Oakland, California, right in downtown Oakland. And, um, and, and it's true that, uh, that all of the, the, the brewing you do on premises is from extract. Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. So that's what we got. That's what I'm excited about because I myself am an extract brewer. Uh, 
sort of turning mini mash, but that's the same thing, right? Um, close. I'm still yeah. an extract guy, but but it sounded like in doing some reading on yours, you're doing some mini mashing too, Don. Where no, we're we're complete mini mash. Okay, so you are taking some grains and adding things, you know. Well, you'd be stuck with one beer otherwise. Right, right. So there you go. So it's a, it's a mini mash thing, but but uh, but either way, it's, it's still an extract brew process and on a large scale. So I think that you guys are having you know you're challenged with with needing to refine your beer and make it taste original, but use extract at the same time so that's what i'm interested in and i'm, I'm happy for our listeners today that we're going to get that info out there so don will be with us all night tonight um which is probably gonna i'm thinking 7 30 tonight john we're shooting for a strict 7 30 we're gonna that's keep great. It, we're gonna keep it high and tight tonight that. let's do it that's what i'm going for go team um so get your questions ready i've already got some through um from from before the show and, and i'll be asking those of don later and yeah, we'll be getting all your uh your extract info out as, as soon as we can uh, John, what are you holding up there? I Name tags or something? We got notes? I've got notes. Questions? John's, John's got notes today. Yeah. Look at you. Well, we had a meeting last week, Justin. <laughs> I you, made these guys you after gave the, the show. ultimatum, like, look, <laughs> get, your, you know, get your shit together or leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys in on it too at home. Uh, here's the deal with radio, uh, because any one of you guys can do this. Um, anybody can do a radio show for six months. You can, especially if it's only once a week. Anybody can do it. Uh, so go ahead and do it. <laughs> you know, give it a shot. Uh, I'm serious. Anybody can do it. Uh, but you come to a point where, you, you know, shows become redundant. Uh, you know, listeners want more. You want more. You want to be more creative. You want more exciting things to happen. You want better information. You want to refine things. And uh, just speaking from experience from my other stations. So uh, not that I feel we've, we've fizzled out, but I sat these guys down and said, you know, here's here's the warning. Uh, we gotta, we gotta pick it up, boys, or I, I promise you we will fizzle out. You know, come the new year, if we don't make a, a you know, some adjustments, there, there will be some fizzling. We won't let it so, happen. Uh, but we are, we are determined and that's not gonna happen to yeah. us. So, uh, uh, and, and, and look at John, jumped right on the wagon, Scott is, uh. It took ten minutes to do this, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, you see, know, it doesn't take no. long. You just gotta sit down and do it. I get by with a little help from my friends. <laughs> you know. And John's also already booked some really great guests, which we're gonna announce, uh, in, in the near future that are coming, uh, in December and also in the new year, mm-hmm. uh, we got some surprises for you guys in the new year. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep a tight lid on it right Don't now. Say a word. But uh, new good stuff for the Brewing Network. Uh, basically, uh, uh, just a an improved Brewing Network. All the stuff you love and 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 all the stuff you've been asking for and a bit more too. Mm-hmm. So uh, new shows coming. Uh, all kinds of good stuff coming in the new year. So stick Guess with out us. Out of for state. That. Yeah. So we're going to do some phone interviews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're getting out of California. We're going to do some, uh, some, we've got some breweries already booked to, uh, it's going to have to be a phone interview, yeah. but, uh, that's okay. Most of the questions come through the chat room anyway. It was by request. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So we got some of that coming. We've got some, uh, breweries from across the, uh, across our country, and then, uh, hopefully we'll venture out. I'm going to Canada in November. And uh, I'm thinking I'm going to be there for five or six days. Uh, I might hit a couple of breweries while I'm there and see Should. if I can talk them into uh, yeah. not only sponsoring us, you know, i.e. give us money, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but also that was smooth. Um, be a guest on the show. You know, uh, we'll do some phone interviews yeah. with them. They can call the 800 number. Only um, take an hour of time, I think. An hour of time. That's all we ask. Yeah, it's nothing. You know what's cool? It's going to be cool about phone interviews uh, is being able to put them on mute <laughs> and just you know kind of go off on a tangent like we do to our listeners all the time. Right. Like last week, uh, poor Warren called in. I think he sat on hold. Not even on hold. He, he could have spoken any time he wanted. He was on the air he, he for a good work. 20 minutes yeah. while we talked amongst ourselves. <laughs> That's going to be rough to keep our guests entertained while over the phone. I'm afraid we're going to actually interrupt them. 
the three of us trying to ask questions at the same time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do a practice practice, yeah. practice run on that. We'll have uh, Don call in. There you go, <laughs> Don. You're going to be our practice brewer, okay. our phone interview. So a couple of things to get to. Of course, I've got some news, and I got a top ten list among some other funny things. Um, I want speaking of news, I wanted to mention this to you. I'll mention it to you on the air, and maybe anybody else will beat you to it. Trimmer's looking for a brewer, John. Did you see that? No, I did not. I check Craigslist every day because, you know, I need a job that doesn't suck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> aside from waiting tables and, and bartending. Super solid. Uh, Gucci's always looking out for me, one of our listeners, too. He's always trying to help me out. Uh, I'll throw a question okay. uh, out later that he, uh, from him trying to help me out. Um, but anyway, I saw that Trumer's looking for a brewer. I would have applied myself, except they're looking for a head brewer. If they were looking for an assistant brewer, I'd be down to do it. What are they out of? Uh, uh, Berkeley. Really? Yeah. Berkeley, they brew that. Uh, we had it in here once at Trumer Pills. In oh, fact, I think yeah. that's all they brew right now is just that's a nice it. pills. That's it, right, Don? Yeah, so just the pills. They're a lager brewery. Hoppy. Yeah. Hoppy. See? See, Johnny? That's why I said, uh, you know, maybe you want to move. Maybe you're on to bigger and better things already. I know sure. you. I know you. Not that you don't like your job. I know you do, but. Uh, It'd be know. awesome to make a living brewing beer. Brewing, man. Right, Tom? Kind of what you're into anyway. <laughs> Those kegs are heavy. <laughs> Those kegs are yeah. heavy. <laughs> yeah, they are. So, uh, anyway, now you're going to have to send your application in early because everyone else across the country That's could great. be sending theirs in right now, too. I'll stick with this. Huh? <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get to a couple of the news stories I got so we can get through this. Um, just a few things. Beer pong is back in the news this week. It's amazing how much beer I pong? find. Yeah, well, we've talked. I've yeah, done. I've done two or three different stories about this game, beer pong, right. where you basically it's like ping pong, but you try to you hit your ball into your opponent's beer instead of just you know paddling it back and forth. And if you make it into the beer, they have to drink it. The whole and, pint. Uh, the, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, uh, and and you just proceed to get drunk that way doing this beer game. And I'm really astonished at how often I find this story in the news. It's always all over the place. And this time, Anheuser Busch is even getting in on it. Uh, They're promoting it? This is a story out of the New York Times. Uh, The bar is packed, the floor is wet, and dozens of glassy-eyed young people are squeezed around tables trying to log lob ping pong balls into cups of beer it's the final round of a beer pong championship sponsored by a maker of portable beer pong tables and all across the bar as one team scores points the other happily guzzles beer it's awesome said chris shannon 22 a senior at drexel university if you win you win if you lose you drink there's no negative <laughs> which good is point yeah it does make your a good point he's faster than normal <laughs> yeah uh, drinking games have been around since Dionysus, but a whole new industry has taken off around them, making the games more popular, more intense, and more dangerous, according to college administrators who say the games are a thin cover for binge drinking. You know, which is true, but, you know, lighten up. Uh, this summer, Anheuser-Busch unveiled a game it calls Bud Pong. The company, which makes Budweiser, is promoting tournaments and providing equipment to distributors. We created it as an icebreaker for young adults to meet each other, said Francine Katz, a spokeswoman for Anheuser-Busch. She said Bud Pong does not promote binge drinking because official rules call for water to be used, not beer. Which is Budweiser, right? Right. right. The hope is that those on the sidelines enjoy a Bud. Um, on the ground, though, it may be a very different story. At the SO Club near Clemson University in South Carolina, Jessica Twilly, a bartender, said she had worked at several Bud Pong events and had never seen anyone playing with water. It's always beer, Twilly said. It's just like any other beer pong. Of course. Yeah. It's another ploy by the big guys to, you know, say, oh, we're, we're, we're sponsoring these things, yeah. but not negative. Gorgeous women wear nothing yeah. and yeah. water in hand. 
We tried to get Bud on the show. Did we ever talk about that? No, we could right now if you wanted to. They but denied I, us. I would have to say the last two minutes probably the reason why they didn't come on. Yeah. Here's the deal we think happened with Budweiser. We wanted to have Budweiser on the show because I think we have talked about this. We wanted to have him on because we, we think it's amazing that they can brew the same product year after year mm-hmm. and remain the number one brewing company and, and just that level of quality, the chemistry that goes on in there. And uh, while, while their beer might not be number one among home brewers, um, their process and their ability to to really do that is 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 well respected sure. in the, in the microbrew industry and, and how they do things. And we wanted to have him on here to talk about that. So John had opened up a dialogue with with some of them uh, from right here. We have a big Budweiser brewery near us in yeah. Fairfield. It's about forty five minutes north of us. Um, and John had been corresponding with them over over a period of a month or so, a month. and 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 it, and it even got down to starting to talk about dates. You know that they were interested. They had to talk. Talk to corporate, of course. One email away, I was from a one date. email away from hooking up. Like they yeah. basically came dates and said, you know, send us know. dates, and he sent dates, and then they they wrote back and said, uh, we're sorry to inform you, we're unable to do the show. Take care, blah blah blah. Like that Mrs. was Jones. it. End of dialogue. Yeah, and we're assuming it was because corporate made them go back and listen to our archives, and then of course heard us several times referring to Budweiser as water, using them as as you know to make fun of. It's just, it's just an easy target for us to be. You pick the number one. Beer when you're making fun of big beer, don't you? Yeah, of course. And, and that, is, of course, is what we do. So we're assuming that they decided not to come on the show either because we've already made negative comments or for fear that we were just going to keep keep doing it why know, would we, while why they were on the why show. Why would we do that? Well, they don't know. We you do you never know. Yeah. I mean, we do a lot of other stupid things. Yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't we do that? They didn't want yeah. to deal with the chat room. Yeah. I mean, that might have been it, too, because the chat room really... There's a no-win situation there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and here... I'm glad you bring that up, Don, because here's what, you know, what John and I had to talk about in, in deciding whether or not to book them as a guest. And, and basically, it was credibility, because we couldn't have them on as a guest and pretend that we hadn't said bad things about Budweiser the whole time because our listeners know that we have. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now all of a sudden you've got two faces to your listeners and I'm not willing to do that and neither is John. So mm-hmm. so we had to talk about how to approach the subject of having them as a guest and being respectful to them while maintaining our integrity of what we've said in the past. And we basically radio. Yeah, yeah, and we basically said, you know, we we wouldn't lie and we wouldn't uh, necessarily hold back. Mm-hmm. What we would talk about is what we did respect about them yes. and not harp on the negative things. Yeah. And if it came up in the chat room, that would be fine for us. You know, we we would we would bring it up. We would allow the questions to be asked. Well, if you're going to be that big, you have some I mean, you have a responsibility to your consumers too. Why not share about what you do? That's what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. But in in doing some recent reading about Budweiser, I'm doing this kind of a uh, uh, I'm reading this unauthorized biography of Budweiser and uh, unauthorized. It's an unauthorized biography. Okay. So however you'd like to look at sure. that, it's fine. Um, and they're not out necessarily to taint the reputation of Budweiser. They're just telling a story. And the story um, is a is a very interesting one uh, about how controlling Anheuser Busch has been in their publicity. And I think in order to become as big as Budweiser is, you have to do that, just like any big company. You control every bit of publicity that comes out of your company. So coming on a show like ours yeah. is not necessarily... It's probably you know, a bad business move, actually, for them. If, yeah. I, if I was Budweiser and you own 90% of the market, I mean, yeah. what do they care? And they can do whatever they want. You think they're going to convert your viewers? I think not. Yeah, I mean, and, they, and, and that's hmm, probably what... no money in it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. However, with that being said... 
They are, there was a lot of articles I read through today in trying to narrow down our beer news that were about Anheuser-Busch and other big companies really working hard to break into this specialty, well, they call it specialty brew business. Um, and it's basically because for the first time in years, beer, in general, just beer, has lost a percentage point in the marketplace among alcoholic beverages. Hmm. And wine and spirits and malt beverages are gaining points. Right. Um, so rather than just just when you're a big company, rather than look at that as, oh, it's one percentage point, no big deal, they have to look at it as a trend and what it means. Yeah. So Anheuser-Busch, I don't know if, if any of you have noticed, is coming out with all sorts of new products. Like they basically made a Red Bull that's a beer. It's, I, I don't know what it's called. A Bud, got a pumpkin Bud beer Bull. Uh, that's what my article is about, Don. Absolutely. You're, a, you're, a, you're an up-to-speed man. I must have saw it on your website. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, saw it someplace. And, and, and what they're going to do with this, they've got a pumpkin beer coming out now that you can get in a bottle, and they're going to come up with a new seasonal for each of the four seasons of the year. And that's them trying to break into this market that, that we're broadcasting to, John. Right. So uh, while they're not going to convert our homebrewers to, to go out and buy cases of Budweiser, we're exactly the market that they're trying to break into in order to regain a, a, a you know, or maintain their foothold in the beer it industry. It would have been a good thing if they would have done it. That's why I'm thinking that it because was less of the of the market share that they were offended by, and more so that they they really feared both our uh, both the chat room making fun of them and us making fun of them. Well, we're more about home brewing. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're on that level, and then we like to have guest brewers like Michael Brewers in here. You yeah. know, if you have a big dog like Budweiser, why not? Yeah, you know, I mean. Go for the gusto. The chat room is saying some of them. Um, I'd rather drink wine than Bud. Uh, you know, a few things like that. You know, uh, but it's like Barry Bonds. You know, I mean, everybody hates him because he does steroids. Yeah, but he's still good and he can hit a home run. It's, <laughs> I guess it's like Budweiser, the same thing. They can. Yeah, with or without Not, steroids. With or without steroids, they can make beer that people want to drink. Yeah, exactly. You know. Well, so that's the story. I'll just do it briefly now. It is that Anheuser Busch has added a spice beer to its lineup with the first beer in its new draft program, and it's called Jack's Pumpkin Spice Ale. Uh, they kicked off the seasonal campaign with Jack's and will follow with new beers each quarter. The winter selection has not been determined. Um, it says that it proved popular enough in internal testing that Anheuser-Busch decided to include bottles of it in, in the Michelob Specialty Sampler Collection sold in grocery and convenience stores across the country. Other seasonals likely will remain on draft-only products. Um, so, yeah, there you go. You can buy, a, buy a, a pumpkin beer from Budweiser now. What do you think is going to happen the first time some pub gets in a pumpkin beer from Budweiser Runs it through, then brings in their next beer, and it still tastes like pumpkin. Right. <laughs> I mean, any of these fruit spicy beers, they're hard to get out of your beer line. Even with, the, even with a line cleaner? Hard. Really? Okay. I mean, we have, at our place, we've got dedicated lines that go for the fruit beers and the spice beers because you really, you can't get it back neutral again without a lot of effort. Right. I mean, a lot of effort. And uh, right. I think most pubs are going to be kind of reluctant to scrub their lines the way they need to, yeah. you know, acid-washed. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Especially how much they're selling. It's true. Well, and also a lot of the microbrew places, uh, or pubs, I should say, that are carrying microbrews, you know, uh, aren't carrying Bud. Uh, Do you guys have any Bud products on your lineup? We did when we opened up. Okay. Uh, It took us about four months to sell two kegs. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't a beer that we found worked for us. Right. I was working at a golf course, uh, where you, I was bartending there, where you would expect that Bud would be a big seller, uh, hot weather, uh, older crowd golfing, uh, not at all. They got rid of it uh, about a couple months after I was there and now they have a rotating seasonal tap. 
Nice. Yeah, they got rid of the bud too. It just wasn't selling. And and now they sell that rotating seasonal four or five times as fast as they ever sold the bud. Okay, all these are reasons that Budweiser decided not to come on our show. <laughs> <laughs> but I will call them and ask them, like, where did I go wrong? Well, it, and I say, why not? You know, it's a, it's a good question uh, just to find out exactly what they thought. You yeah. Know, say no, but I'm sure it was, you know. Yeah. Well, it's all corporate, and what the person you're dealing with, are they brewers? Do they make beer? Probably not. You know, it's a, it's a job that they have. Yeah, yeah. You may go take a class here and there. I know, when probably I have to, huh? took the uh, was it sanitation and microbiology for the practical brewer up at Davis, mm-hmm. there were a lot of uh, execs from Budweiser and Miller and stuff taking that class. Hmm. It's good to know your information. The chat room's got great things to say. You know, they want to know, wait a minute, Anheuser-Busch is afraid of us? This ragtag bunch of, of, of chatters has frightened the alcoholic juggernaut is the world's biggest, largest brewery? We're awesome. Uh, yeah, I think they don't need you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't need that. They also say, don't worry, I'm sure the Bud Pumpkin beer will actually taste nothing like pumpkin. <laughs> so the beer lines might be safe after yeah, all. Have you tasted Don? a pumpkin beer that did taste like pumpkin? <laughs> it tastes like pumpkin spices. Yeah, well. Uh, what's what pumpkin taste like? Bud would pr- have to do it. Pumpkin is a pretty neutral it's, taste. In, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's more the nutmeg yeah. and, the, and the cinnamon that's in there that you end up with, I think, in the, in the pumpkin beers in general. Yeah. Well, Thanksgiving ale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, how about another good story uh, so I can get all hippie on you guys again, uh, although I won't go off on a tangent. Uh, this is about Full Sail, Full Sail Brewing Company out of Oregon, who I was hoping to get in the show in October. I know their you brewer was supposed to, to come down here. I wonder if my email got sent to his junk mail filter because I didn't get a response. A but spam filter. But I... I I mean, I I think the guy liked us. He was I was with him for a, a weekend, basically, to several like things, and um, I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll try to get him again. But anyway, uh, Full Sail Brewing has committed to using renewable energy that will have the same environmental impact impact as planting thirty three thousand trees. The brewery will buy one hundred and forty blocks of Blue Sky Renewable Energy from Pacific Power in Hood River, Oregon, where Full Sail operates. Uh, they say, we care about maintaining a healthy environment, said brewmaster Jamie Emerson. As a local employee-owned company, we have long-term commitment to, to the gorge, and that means doing all we can to maintain the environment. When we were approached by buying Blue Sky, uh, we could see that it was a natural fit, Emerson said. As a company, we treat the wastewater from the process before it goes into the city sewer. We recycle spent grain, glass, corrugated cardboard, paper, and plastic wrap, and use recycled paperboard for our packaging. So, Full Sail's Blue Sky purchase of 140 blocks per month for 12 months reduces carbon dioxide emissions by 168 tons, which has the environmental benefit as not driving 2,900 round trips to Portland or planting 33,000 trees. Hmm. So, uh, if Oregon keeps going like that, they'll be the most um, energy-efficient state in the country. I've thought about moving there, actually. To Oregon, yeah. So have I. Start up a brewery in Medford, Ashland area. Yeah, yeah. Although it's it's opening a brewery in Oregon is kind of like trying to sell popcorn at the movies. You know, like as a new guy with new popcorn. Uh, there's so many. It's like that's a good point. They at Portland uh, when I was there for the for the brew festival that weekend. They had just surpassed Germany in having more brew pubs per capita than wow. any other place in the world. I'm glad you told me this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a tough market. Uh, a friend of mine just moved up there and into a community just outside of Portland, and I guess there's no brew pub in in that one little community. Any bar's got and ten beers on a draft. Exactly. So. They have great bar. bars with great beers. You're right. And 
Try you try to find a Budweiser in a pub in Portland. No, that's no. that's my mission to you. Try to find it. Try to find a Sam Adams. It's tough for Sam Adams even to get in there. And they are still a microbrew despite popular opinion. Beer. They do have good Their beer. Boston Lager is awesome. Um, so yeah, tough place to open up. A <laughs> well, <laughs> a brew pub. I would, I, <laughs> they came down here. They ran out of people to sell to up there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so I'll cut it off there. I had a Bible in Brewski's news story, but it's not that interesting. Not Basically, someone's holding church in a bar. They do Bible study, then they drink beer afterward, which I thought was a good idea. Instead of wine, interesting. <laughs> All right, top ten fun things to do in a public restroom is today's top ten list. Uh, Don, I don't know how much you've listened to the show, but I apologize if anything becomes <laughs> offensive to you in the near future. I can tell you some things I've done in my bathroom that you don't want to hear about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I found this today. I thought it'd be good for you guys. And um, I thought this one is good because I just had a, dis- a discussion about public restaurant restrooms the other night. I'm going to give a quick uh, uh, public service announcement, as I often like to do on this show. Uh, and it's to you. It's to, the, it's to the boys out there in the audience. Um, you know, wash your hands when you're done going to the restroom. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and the reason I say this, it it sounds like a like an obvious statement to make, doesn't it? Oh, everybody knows to wash their hands. You know, how often do you see guys washing their hands in the public restroom? I'm going to tell you one the numbers that I've noticed. I'm going to say one out of five. Okay. And it's usually me. Yeah. I wash before I go. I think we've had this public announcement before. No, we too. have not. No. But I wash before I go. They need to sink. I hope you go after too. Oh, I do. Okay. Oh, yeah. They need to sink after the door, though. Because yes. You touch that door and you touch and you've been door. You're well, absolutely no, no, right. But know what I, do? I use the paper towel. towel. I keep the towel. I wipe, I dry my hands with the paper towel and I keep it to get out of the door. If any of you have seen the movie, uh, The Aviator, which is about, um Howard Hughes. Thank you. Howard Hughes and how he became obsessive compulsive in his later years and, and it just got worse and worse. There's a scene, I won't ruin the movie so you can listen. There's a scene where uh, he's going through his obsessive compulsiveness and he's cleaned and dried his hands so much in the restroom that he's used up Every paper towel there is. There is no more piece of cloth anywhere in the bathroom. Okay. So now he's got to leave the bathroom. He's done washing. And there's nothing he can use to grab the handle. There's no more paper towel. There's no tissue. There's nothing. So he waits by the door for somebody to open the door so that he doesn't have to touch it and he can go out. Oh, my gosh. I would do that. This is how freakish <laughs> I get about this bathroom thing. I, that is me. If I couldn't find something to grab that door handle with, I'd wait for someone to open it, too. Wow. So my point is here, and I'm serious, guys. You all might be saying, oh, I wash my hands. No, you don't. (laughs) One out of five guys I see, if that, wash their hands. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. And here's the main argument. They're shaking their hands. Exactly. And I'm going to tell you the main argument that people have, and then I'm going to defeat that argument for you people. Okay. Here it is. People say, well, I know I'm clean. You know, I just got out of the shower, whatever. I didn't touch the, I didn't touch the toilet because I didn't flush. I didn't touch the sink. I didn't do anything. I just touched myself when I went to the restroom. So I don't need to wash because I know I'm clean. Well, here's the deal, folks. Your urine is actually, I'm not going to say it's clean, but it is not harmful to you. It came out of you. In fact, people do weird things with it's their urine. It's supposed to be sterile. They, it's supposed yeah. to, they wash their face with it. They do several it's, things it's with it. It's sterile, but it will okay. grow it's, things. It's in the shower, but it's, it's okay. But it's, ac- it's sterility is actually only sterile to you and your body. It is not sterile to other people. The germs and the bacteria that you're discarding uh, are your germs and bacteria that your body has has discarded and, and come up with an immunity for, but not necessarily my body. 
So while, yes, you, you, you didn't touch anything in the bathroom and you feel that you're clean, when you come out and you shake my hand, you're not clean to me anymore. You know what I mean? One little sprinkle. That's all it takes. A little sprinkle. And, uh, and you ruin my whole week with a, with whatever. A sore throat, a hepatitis, I don't know. <laughs> Any number of things, right? We can't have you down, Jay. So, just as a, just, uh, I'm trying to do my part for, for the, for the community. Wash your hands. It takes a second. Let it out, man. It takes Let a it second. Out. Scrub them. You know what I mean? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Danielle is manning the chat room now, so uh, you, you feel free to send your comments uh, at this point. Join us in the chat room. It's the chat now button right on the main page. I'm glad we didn't talk plastic bags. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Okay. So now the top ten things to do, uh, top ten fun things to do in a public bathroom. Here we go. Number ten. Using a small squeeze tube. Spread peanut butter on a wad of toilet paper and drop the wad under the stall wall of your neighbor. Then say, oh, whoops, could you kick that back over here, please? Oh, gross. (laughs) Uh, Number nine, before you unroll your toilet paper, conspicuously lay down your Crossdresser's Anonymous newsletter on the floor visible to the adjacent stall. That'll, that'll be that, good that'll for go you. Well. Number eight. <laughs> this one's good. Uh, lower a small mirror underneath the stall wall and adjust it so you can see your neighbor and say, peekaboo. <laughs> Imagine that happening yeah. to you. Imagine a fist in your nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you got the stall wall between you, so as long as you stay locked in there. These things don't cook. They, they fall <laughs> down easily enough. <laughs> oh, uh, while reading your newspaper, this is number seven, stick your palm under the stall wall next to you and ask your neighbor, May I borrow a highlighter? <laughs> Number six, cheer and clap loudly every time somebody breaks the silence with a bodily function noise. <laughs> bravo, Number, yeah. bravo, bravo. <laughs> Number f- don't you hate when that happens and you, yeah. and you all just sit there silent? Yeah, you're like, I just want to start talking. But, uh, that, yeah, right? you want to be like. How did it feel, man? <laughs> feel better? Number five, say, hmm, I've never seen that color before. <laughs> Number four, grunt and strain real loud for 30 seconds. And then drop a cantaloupe into the toilet bowl from a height of six feet. Sigh relaxingly. We should try that. <laughs> if I heard that, yeah. I would really would laugh. And then you go, ah. Oh, uh, number three, say, now how did that get there? Number two, after flushing, say, damn, I knew the drain hole was a little too small. Now what am I going to do? And number one, fill a large flask with Mountain Dew. Squirt it erratically under the stall walls of your neighbors while yelling, Whoa! Easy, boy! (laughs) (laughs) Top ten fun things to do while in a public. They were actually better reversed. Yeah, it should have gone the other way. The first one is nice. The peanut butter on the toilet paper. Okay, and this was a list I found, but I'm just going to read a couple things off of it because I thought it was just a brief funny thing, and then we're going to take a break. It's... uh, the list is 24 items long, but I'm just going to pick a couple. Uh, there, it's, the, it's the top 24 things that we wouldn't know if it weren't for movies. Okay, That's a good point. We wouldn't know these if it weren't for movies. I graduated. Uh, number 22 was, during all police investigations, it will be necessary to visit a strip club at least once. That's true. All okay. movies have that. Uh, on the same token, uh, a detective can only solve a case once he has been suspended from duty. We wouldn't know that if it weren't for Hollywood. Um, number 15 was a single match will be sufficient to light up a room the size of Wembley Stadium. You hate that. They're in the darker they light a match, everything. Um, okay. Uh, here we go. Number 11 was good. It does not matter if you're heavily out, if you're heavily outnumbered in a fight involving martial arts. 
Your enemies will wait patiently to attack you one by one by dancing around in a threatening manner until you've knocked down all of their predecessors. <laughs> That's true. You notice the Matrix? They just wait. Yeah. They just hang out go, boom, boom, as soon as the other one's done. <laughs> Number 17, kitchens don't have light switches. When entering a, a kitchen at night, you should just open the fridge door and use that light instead. It's true. That's I what do that the movies too. do. Yeah, crack it open your foot. You're good. If staying in a haunted house, women should investigate any strange noises in their most revealing underwear. Especially in the basement. Especially in the basement. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Number four, uh, the Eiffel Tower can be seen from any window in Paris. <laughs> you ever notice that? If you're watching a Paris-based film, the Eiffel Tower is always out the window. Um, okay, and the last one I'll read to you is, you're very likely to survive any battle in any war. Unless, of course, you make the mistake of showing someone a picture of your beloved sweetheart back home. That's true, you die. <laughs> then you're the first to die. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, that's a list of things you, you uh, we wouldn't know it if it for? weren't for Hollywood. It was, Daniela, it was like a, a symbol of, of engineering. For? It was just, uh, you know, to, to show that they could engineer something awesome. Probably so. I don't know what its purpose was, actually. Yeah. I, I really think it was think it just a symbol of engineering, yeah. Yeah, it was the the French just showing, you know, a, a symbol of, of engineering, which they, you know, they did well. Didn't they, they built the Statue of Liberty, too, or something, and just as a symbol of engineering. Great. You know. <laughs> Great. We, we built a big statue. Yeah, good job. And we bought it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think they gave it to us. <laughs> oh, did oh, they? They did, yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, I would say you couldn't give that thing away, we just but repaired it. it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break. You can call us at 888-401-BEER. Uh, we're going to be talking extract brewing on a professional level, but, of course, translating that over to home brewing as best we can for sure. you guys. Uh, you can also join us in the chat room. You know how to do that. It's chat now button right on the main page. And uh, talk to Don from P- Pacific Coast Brewery out of Oakland, California. Brewing company. Brewing company. Yes. Okay. And it's a brew pub yes. as well. And food as well? Yeah, brew pub means that. Got the whole thing. All yeah. right. There you go. I think a lot of food menu going French on. French fries, everything. Even French fries. <laughs> Freedom fries. <laughs> Freedom fries. That's what we like to call around here. All right, and I got yelled at last week for playing the same music, so I brought in a couple new tunes. Nice. Same genre, though. I'm not like going to go elevator on you guys just because nope. Oz's wife wants to hear new artists, right? Yeah. So, But I brought in some Led Zeppelin. How about that? Let's do it. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk to Don about Extract Brewing. It's the Brewing Network. <laughs> You're listening to three guys with one microphone and five gallons of beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. I hate it when I go wandering around a break and forget to mute all the microphones. Yeah. Then everyone just gets to hear what's happening. I was appreciating the drumming. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, I got. I think I have a caller. You guys remember Jack, right? Big uh, Jack. Jack called us. Hmm, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. I might have hung up on him, though. Jack, might, are you there? Yeah, I'm here again. <laughs> There's, old, There's old Jack. <laughs> yeah, in fact, everybody really likes me, you know, and stuff like this, because, you know, like I said before, I can change my voice in any way you want me to. <laughs> oh, man. Make it sound like a girl. <laughs> well, if you want me to, I could talk with high, you know, and I'm almost that point. <laughs> it's funny, that's the same as his, uh, G- his uh, German accent. That okay. he did last week. <laughs> what if you want me to talk the German? I don't know. Take off this way. I don't know very much. Uh, good old Jack. What's happening? You calling just for fun? Yeah, but also I went up and saw Colin and, and got some victory out and brought a whole bunch home. So. <laughs> Do you know Colin? 
Yes, I know him real well. In fact, uh, he and I have been talking back and forth and stuff like this. Oh, okay. I'll have to ask old Colin about you, Jack. I'm not too sure yeah. about you yet. Think you're a nice guy. Just think you're a bit strange. <laughs> Where'd you go, Jack? Let me come on up there, you know, when I was out of work. I can't hear you, Jack. We lost you. There we go. That's Are you drinking again, Jack? I put my earphone in. Are you on a cell phone? All right, I'm going to have to let you go, Jack, because I can't hear you. Pull over to the side. Yeah, can you hear me now? <laughs> there you are. There you are. Yeah, in other words, it fell out of my ear. Go, okay. But, yeah, uh, yeah uh, when I was out of work, uh, Colin almost said, I can give you a job just volunteering. And I said, well, I said, maybe next time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, why go to work <laughs> <laughs> when you could not, right? Well, I'm a technician. I okay. take work. I used to work on a whole bunch of Xerox machines, Kodak machines, and... and uh, a lot of stuff like that. Okay. Electronics and, and uh, you name it. So. <laughs> uh, all right. All right, Jack. Well, thanks for the call, buddy. we got to get into right. extract. Okay. All right. Talk Have to you soon. Have a good one. You too. I just don't know what to do with Jack. That's my problem. Yeah. He's, <laughs> just, he, he's just, unpredictable. He is, because he's a nice guy. Yeah. He's just, he's just hard to read. Yeah, and the phone connection is no good. I need to clear a phone connection, because I'm always worried that I can hear it, but nobody else can. You know? Hey, we're paying our bill now, so we're good. Yeah, at least the phone <laughs> bill's paid. All right, why don't we start talking about some extract issues and uh, find out a little bit about uh, Pacific Coast Brewing Company uh, while we're at it. Sure. So, uh I'm, I'm kind of curious, Don. Um, how do you actually choose your extract? Well, uh, it's the same one I've been using for the last 17 years, so there's not a whole lot of choosing involved. Uh, it's the only one that I found that works. Everything else out there has got a characteristic uh, flavor that I find undesirable. It gives a real homebrew kind of taste to it. Mm. What's the flavor you're tasting? Uh, well, it's hard to say exactly. If you get an English extract, it's frequently uh, something that's kind of old and oxidized. It's a little bit too dark. It's got a real dark kind of a character to it from scratch so you really can't uh, those are bottle conditioned by the way so oh, okay. <laughs> Yours is right don't there, get Jeff. too silly well, I just got all the good stuff you got all the good stuff you got to take that one in the middle there John if you, uh, I got that I just poured myself all the junk in the bottom although it's not that uh, not that junky not too horrible so, stuck to the bottom of the bottle how, two years old how old is your extract before you actually brew with it like, oh how long it, it, it? a month at most Really? Is it sitting in a jar or what is it? No, it, it comes in 55-gallon drums. Okay. It's normally about a month old, if that much. And what okay. type of uh, grain is it converted over to? Like, It's, it's two-row. Two-row. Yeah. Great Western or? Great Western. Okay. Right now we're drinking uh, El Diablo Abbey-style ale from Pacific Coast Brewing Company. Uh, bottle conditioned, as Dom was just saying. Vintage 2003. Okay, so it's been hanging around for us. Hmm. Nice. S- still carbonated. And where are you aging this? Uh, at our pub, just yeah. uh, in the bottle. Okay, the cellar and the, at the yeah. Pub. We used to be in a cellar. It's not in a, in a good location as we used to have. Okay, we used to have a nice mm. place. It was pretty much like a wine cellar. It stayed at sixty-five, seventy degrees all year round. But okay, uh, we lost that storage capacity, so we've uh, we stick it any place we can right now. So gotcha. So, all right, how many gallons or how many barrels are you brewing at one time when you're doing these? It's a seven-barrel system. Seven barrels. And how much extract, say, let's take this Abbey, for example, would you approximately, would you need to be putting in there? 400, 450 pounds. Is that right? Hmm. And how are you, are you guys just kind of manhandling those buckets up there and dumping them in? No, you put it on a special dolly, put it in 50-gallon or five-gallon buckets, so it weighs Uh, about 50 pounds, and those are a little more 
manageable. Okay, and just and then you're just kind of heaving them in there over and over your head and throw it in the brew kettle. Gotcha. Wow, that's that's a bit of a of a task right there. Eventually, yeah. I mean, especially (laughs) five gallons at a time. uh, That's taking you a couple hours, I would think. Yeah. Well, you you fill up all that stuff up ahead of time. Okay. And so it's you know you can you can get the whole thing in the brew kettle within about twenty minutes or so. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Do you turn your burner off before you throw in your extract? No, it's an yeah, electric it's fired burner. Uh, we have we we pull the the uh, starts off as hot water, pull it out the bottom, squirt it in the top so it's recirculating, and then you dump in your extract while it's recirculating, so it mixes in. At the same oh, so, time. so it won't actually burn on you then. No. Okay. Okay. So in this process that you're doing so much, how similar is it to say my five gallon homebrew process where I'm I'm heating my water up, I'm getting that going, you know, to one seventy with my steeping grains. Uh or if I'm doing mini mash I'm you know I'm 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 steeping then. You probably got a better scale than you do. That's <laughs> about the only difference. Huh? <laughs> Not a whole lot of difference. I okay. mean that's one of the things that a lot of homebrewers run into problems with is that you know they they're putting an ounce or two ounces of hops in and they got this really cheesy scale that's plus or minus fifty percent. Okay. So they wonder why the beer tastes way different each time. You yeah. Know, it's the same formula. Whereas I've got a scale and uh, I'm putting in sixty or seventy ounces of hop and if it's uh, plus or minus a half an ounce, it's a pretty small percentage of the total bill. Right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? So it's really it's it's kind of the the whole same process but on a bigger level. Yeah. But okay. uh, on a, on a small scale, weighing out an ounce and a half. It's you know, you could have two ounces, three ounces in there, depending on your scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay. a lot of homebrewers just grab a handful and throw it in and sure. go that way. Oh, I got whatever B3 tells me I got. Yeah. <laughs> if your bag says I got one ounce, I got one ounce. Just throw it in. Or or if uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll be required to use one ounce and I buy a two-ounce bag from you guys. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that looks like half of it. Yeah. <laughs> just throw in a good half of it. You, you make good beer. It works for me every time. <laughs> yeah. A good question from the chat room is how you're able to keep costs at a minimum using extract. Well, you don't. You can make it minimum for extract, but not a minimum for beer in general. Okay. It's so cheap, it's cheaper to do full grain. It is a lot cheaper. That's uh, uh, the bottom line, yeah. How much it, it, would you say increased our, is your expenses? 100%, 50%? Oh, God. I mean, we, we still make beer at a price where we make a profit on it, selling it, but okay. it's a... Uh, You'd make more profit if you were doing it full grain. If you did full grain. Well, we were talking about earlier that you actually brewed extract based on the space you had in your brewery. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a question. Of if you don't have room for a silo, don't have room to put the waste uh, grain, uh, extract is an option that, that can work for you. Mm-hmm. In our situation, uh, our brew house is in the basement of a three-story, 100-year-old brick building. Okay. Uh, venting everything all the way to the top is, mm-hmm. is a hassle. Right. Uh, we have an electric-fired brew kettle as opposed to a gas-fired one, which is also not the most efficient way of doing things, but uh, it's it's cost-effective in the regards that we don't need another couple hundred square feet of space. We don't have to run a and pay rent for for another event going all the way to the roof. Okay. And so, so there the, are there are reasons for doing it. It's it's not the the, the best way of doing things. If you know, right. all things being equal, uh, full grain is is a is more a way cost efficient way of doing things. So uh, my question, ha- having said that, then is are those the only reasons that you chose to do all extract? Was well, yeah, they are okay. So given you know a, a better things, space in your all things being equal, if anyone's starting up a brewery, you're going to go full grain unless okay. you don't have the space. All right, all right. Well, I thought. I think it's a good question because uh, I know you were a home brewer for quite some time. You started brewing uh, when? Uh, 1975. Okay. And you were extract brewer then uh, when you started, first, I assume? First kit was 100% extract. Okay. And did you move to all grain as a home brewer? 
Never. You didn't. Yep. See, because now this is wow. why I asked the question, because yeah. I would have thought, you know, hey, I, and, and I might have done this myself is why, why I asked well, the question. It's also four or five hours quicker doing it Right. Extract. It's quicker. And plus, if you've, if you've mastered it and you're making excellent beer in, in extract and now you're about to take the next step, I, I kind of would have done it. I, I would have yeah. said, okay, well, why not keep doing extract? It's what I know. It's it, what I'm good at. If it works, don't fix it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was thinking that maybe it wasn't just the uh, the space that you had. No, but. it's definitely it's, it's it's space. I mean, okay. if you had the room, you would go for for full grain. It's you, you got more control over yeah. the, the brewing process. Sure, you got more options available to you. Now, do you brew like two to three batches a day because you do extract, or no, no, two or three batches a week? Oh, really? Okay. Hmm. All right. Now, how about this hypothetically? More. If you were to move into a bigger, better facility that gave you that space, would you switch or would oh, you definitely. keep? You would switch. Yeah, there would be no doubt about it. Okay. Yeah, see, I'm a little disappointed to hear that. I, wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to no, hear No, extract's like, a better way of doing things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't necessarily, you know, expect to hear that it's a better way to do it, but I just kind of thought, you know, it, it, like it I said. It works in some situations. It works, and, and I'm good at it, so I'm that's what I'm going to do. And, and that was just, you know. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be that big of a leap to go to full grain. Okay. It takes a little more time. You need more space. You need a, more equipment. Yeah. You gotta have a, a, a mill and you gotta have an auger to move it from point A to point B. Sure. You have to be able to dispose of it get, so you get a hold of some pig farmers or whatever to get rid of your spent grain, et cetera. Yeah. But, uh, it puts some new things, uh, you gotta do other things. And it's, but you can make good beer in a lot of different ways. Okay, so you had said that you get them, right now you, you order basically in 50 gallon barrels is where, right. is how you're getting this stuff. Right. Okay. Alright. And how long can you keep those barrels? You know, before you, you don't want to keep them over six months, but like I said, we go through a, a typical order. We go through in about a month. You do, okay. And what do you order? We, just a couple pallets at a time. We order six barrels at a time. Okay, gotcha. I so think those are six hundred pound yeah, barrels. Yeah, six hundred fifty pounds. Yeah. Of, uh, okay. A barrel. And are you always ordering them? You always have the same base malt, and you right. just change your beers with your mini mash. Then, right? Okay, gotcha. So the only you're always having that, and it's a, it's a basic two row right. base malt. Right. Okay. Per seven barrels, how much grain are you using for mini mash? Uh, it depends on the beer. Some beers, none. Okay. And other beers, up to, you know, 50, 60, 70 pounds. Okay. okay. How about on, on something like this, Abbey? Uh, Abbey doesn't have a whole heck of a lot in it. It's got some dark grains and stuff. There's maybe 20 pounds at most in there. Okay. Um, can you t- talk to me about your mini mash process? How are you guys doing that? Or maybe I should tell you mine, and maybe we can try to relate it to to what you do. Mine's a, I'm going very basic, where uh, as I'm I'm heating up my water to 170, I'm mm-hmm. adding my grain, I'm letting it steep for 30 minutes, and I'm sparging. That's it. That's mm-hmm. pretty much you know. what, what we do. Okay, it's so not, not a whole lot different than that. You've got how many gallon kettle? To it's, it's like a 50 or 70 gallon. Uh, mini mash that we do it's got a false bottom in it okay so we fill it with the hot water toss in our grain let it sit okay catch it in five gallon buckets toss it in the top of the brew kettle gotcha although you can keep it at temperature is it it's a temperature better than i can because i gotta yeah we got more mass so yeah yeah gotcha that's not bad we're we're not trying to uh do actual conversion though the kind of grains that we're using are already essentially pre-converted. We're using, you know, caramel malts or black malts or whatever, and those are already everything's converted in that's going to be used. So okay, we're more like making coffee than actually doing a mash. Okay, that makes sense. And how much of your, uh, you know, you getting a lot of flavor out of doing that, or mostly colors and different things? Yeah, a lot of flavor. You are okay. Yeah, I would guess you know some good, a, a good big amount of roasted malts, even doing mini mash like that, you can get a ton of flavor, sure. couldn't you? Yeah, change up everything. Just no fermentables, but yeah. yeah. 
color. And now, how about you know how much using that same base malt in an extract all the time and and only changing color with 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 that mini mash part of the process? How much can you really change the colors of your of your beers? You know, quite uh, a bit, or are yeah. you? I mean, you from from pretty pretty yellow to yeah. uh, to black as ink. Okay, gotcha. Uh, one of our listeners, uh, some of them, some of those guys are good, man. They go do their research a lot more than we do, John. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. But uh, certainly cool. look through your site. And notice that you guys don't have any loggers. You're all ales. Uh, most brew pubs don't do loggers. You know? Okay. You can brew an ale in you know ten days. Brew a lager in six weeks. Yeah. Do the math. Yeah, yeah. it is math. I'll it's tell you, a, a, a basic <laughs> lager brewery is a, it's a much larger concern, a lot bigger dollar investment. Okay. Can be done, but it's a you got to spend a lot more money to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. I know that uh, Pyramid does not have a single lager in their lineup right now. They do have they one that they've done, uh, Coastline Lager. Is the, yeah. is Ties I up think, their equipment. The they could be running three ales yeah. through there in the same amount of time they do one lager. Yeah. Even their Curveball, which is a Kolsch, it's called a Kolsch-style ale. Mm-hmm. It's still an ale. Yeah. Although it it yeah, tastes very lager like when yeah. you drink when you drink that curveball, it's mm. a it tastes like a good lager to me. Low sixties, but uh, yeah, no no lagers for you. Okay, lots of a lot of different types of ales though. You guys are doing right. Which I, and temperature of your fermentation is will lend a lot of flavor to your beer. I mean, Anchor Steam is uh, uses lager yeast for most of their stuff, and uh, it's it's very ale in character. Your typical Anchor mm-hmm. Steam, but it's using a lager yeast. Okay, what temp do you ferment yours at? 60, 70 degrees. Okay. Okay. Here's a, now you alluded to this about the kind of, uh, of base malt that you are using to try to get rid of that homebrew taste. This is a question from the chat room that says, uh, how do you get that horrible extract tang out of the extract of your brews? Well, you don't buy the bad extract to begin with. Okay. I've only found one in 17 years that doesn't have a funny flavor to it. Is that right? So you you just I've, had to go through trial and error? and Right. And, and I've never come across one yet that didn't have an undesirable flavor except for the one that I use. And what's the one that you're using now? Uh, California Concentrate, Alexander's Pale Malt Extract. Okay. John, is that available through B3? That is available. Okay. All of their extracts are all that. All uh, Calvin Street. And uh, so when... when uh, B3 sells German pills, Mirasauter, and uh, two-row converted over to extract fresh just for them. For Alexander? It's all so from Alexander. It's all from Alexander. Yeah, okay. it's the same exact extract. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I used to, uh, when I was homebrewing at home, I'd have uh, California Concentrate to UPS it out to me in cases at a time. Right. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> it's got to be... <laughs> the un- shipping un- costs a little up? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Do you ever blend extract at all? No. Well, California concentrate one batch to another that will <laughs> get blended sometimes. Like different base malts or no? No. no okay. That's what all the specialty grains are for. Right. <laughs> How much can you bench press, Don? Oh, uh, it's been it's been a while. Uh, at one time, about two fifty, but not anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a lot more than me. I'll tell you. You want to know my max, John? What? I think the most I ever bench press was like. Like maybe 105 pounds, 95 pounds, 105 pounds. Wow. Something like that. How far can you throw a beer keg? (laughs) Now that's the more important question, isn't it? I wanted to get in on that competition at the uh, NCHF. Was it? They had a a beer keg throwing. You threw empty full barrels, you know. I I tried that. Empty full, oxymoron. Full of water or Uh, full of concrete? Empty 15 and a half gallon Uh, barrels, what I meant. Yeah. Uh, And you chuck them, right? You throw them. Full uh, ones, full ones. Did you try it there? I did. And how far did you get? Probably like 20, 
25 feet. Not you're, far. You're full of shit. You got like seven feet. No, <laughs> I did. It's, it's all about the roll, man. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, you it's count the roll. roll. You, the roll's counted. Oh, yeah. oh. Actual toss, like five feet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, By the way, my arm's in pain. Mendocino Brewing had a uh, a contest at their one of their anniversary parties years ago where they had half kegs and full kegs that people were supposed to toss. They were filled with water. They're awkward. <laughs> yeah, very yeah, I actually ended up bumping my head with a keg <laughs> when yes. you were doing it because I threw it over my head. Yeah, I had a little, a little <laughs> noggin on my head. drunken fool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, have you ever had any problems with your brews being too dark from the extract, or well, does it caramelize out? Frequently. Oh yeah? yeah. Okay. So what do you guys do about that? Uh, that's where fresh extract will help you with a paler beer. Okay. Uh, but. Most of our beers aren't that pale anyway, unless I'm making a triple or, or a real light summer beer or something. It's normally not a, a real big concern. Hmm. And there are some things you can do to minimize the, the impact of the extract. I mean, if you do a short boil versus a long boil, that can help. Okay. Uh, the more you boil it, the more you're going to darken things, essentially. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, your, your extract can... You can get to a point, depending on what extract you're using, where you're not going to get any paler than a, than a certain point. You're, you're right. just stuck there. Unless you start adding a pile of sugar in there, then you run into a whole other series sure. of problems. Yeah, mm. get rid of the pale, but create a bunch of other. Okay. Um, this might sound like a silly question, but I, I think it's actually a, it, it, it's a good one because uh, it, a lot of extract brewers aren't doing full boils. Uh, are you doing a full boil? Why would you not do a full boil? Well, I don't have a I don't have a, a you kettle. You got precipitate proteins. I don't have a kettle <laughs> or a burner to do a full boil, so I have to do. A, you can get a, a bigger a, brew kettle and put it over two burners. I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. But uh, a, a lot of people, especially when you're buying your first kit and you're doing extract for a while, it's much more cost efficient to like it was for me. I have a five gallon kettle, mm-hmm. but I'm obviously not able to get five ga- You know, like to the rim right. of my kettle is right. five you gallons. You need a ten gallon so, kettle then. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 this I want. Go to a restaurant um, auction. You might be able to find something. Find a little, something a little cheaper. Yeah. All right. Make sure it's not aluminum, though. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought of going to a Sunday, restaurant auction Sunday or flea market. Yeah. Well, one of our listeners asked that too. I mean, they really want to know if it, because you know, would you add water at the end? Because it's you a gotta, problem you for us. Do a full boil. Yeah. Yeah. Or actually, what you talk, by full boil, do you mean bringing it to an actual boil, or are you talking oh, no, about I, yeah, you, full, I'm talking volume. Doing yeah. a concentrated one and, and adding water. And adding water, which well, is a big can, problem. That, that can work, but you run into it as your work gets more concentrated, it gets less efficient at extracting your hops. So okay. you have to add more hops, so you're losing, you know, you're, you're getting a, the full amount of beer at the end, but you may not have as much hops as you want in there. So you gotta right. recalculate. Hmm. Yeah, for that, and that can be problematic. It is. It's it. problematic for me every time. The last beer I had had such a lack in body. Even though John and I both looked it over, I, I had I, we had figured out a malt bill, and I said that's not enough. Give me more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, okay, and it still ended up, you know, although part of it was my bit of a mash temperature too, but <laughs> but it's uh, it's definitely because I'm adding a bunch of water. Right. You know, at, do you at have the a, end. a brewing calculation program? Because most of those will. Uh, compensate for the fact that you're yep, doing true. a concentrated boil. That's what I started with. I started with a program and still didn't think that it had done a good enough job, so added malt and and still ended up with a, just too light of a body. That That's a good segue. I mean, do you find that d- your extract varies on gravity from batch to batch? There are some mm-hmm. variations that you do get on it that you have to be aware of and compensate for. But uh, Now, is that monthly or is that every batch you get? Because well, the efficiency it, it, of their brew system, where you're getting it from, is probably changes. It it varies on which 
which batch of uh, extract you're getting from them. If you're getting it from the graveyard shift, mm-hmm. we uh, we tend not to order those. We try to get stuff from the day shift or the swing shift. Right. The graveyard shift, they're they're a little bit tired a sometimes. Less. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. We've, mm. we've had some problems <laughs> with extract in that regard on occasion. Okay. Yeah, that totally now, is sense. it dramatic or is it just a little bit, like percentage? Oh, very or? dramatic. You really? Can, you can end up with an extract that comes in there where it's way too acidic and it just it's got a sour taste to it Interesting. to begin with. And there's a lot of things that can happen to it. Is that because you think they mashed too long? or? Oh, it's probably because they were doing a mash and uh, they blew a circuit breaker and someone was taking a nap and six hours later they came back and it, it, it had cooled off and started getting a, uh, a spontaneous fermentation oh, in it. And <laughs> but they didn't want to say, oh, I fell asleep and screwed it up, so they just yeah. kept going with it. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we've had to send stuff back on that regards. That would be me. I'd yeah. be that guy. <laughs> Luckily, it doesn't. It hasn't happened in a long time, but it, it has happened. Okay, yeah, that so makes they, sense. So they, they, maybe they got rid of the person that was doing that. But right of, of late, we've uh, had no complaints. Right, John, are you noticing that, that home brewers are coming in saying, "Hey, I'm getting just different efficiency out of out of." Um, I think each home brewer boils differently. Yeah, you know, I, I I would say, you know, I was telling them, well, efficiency does change from batch to batch based on extract yeah. when we get it because it varies every month. Right. But I would say their boil, their their temperature and how vigorous of boil, yeah, such a variable. You also need to add some uh, some nutrients to your uh, extra if you're doing extract brewing. What okay, it's, what not, type it's of not as nutrient rich as uh, as a full grain batch would be. Well, what type of nutrients? Uh, some B vitamins. Uh, some uh, is some, that like cervomyces or? Well, cervomyces is one way of doing it. We use that. That helps. Okay. Uh, but the bottom line is extract is not as nutrient-rich as full-grain brewing would be. So adding some B vitamins, some, a nitrogen source of some sort mm. would, uh, would help. Now, what form do you guys use to, yeah. to add that in there? Cervomyces. You do use cervomyces. <laughs> okay. And it works, works fine for us. And you're throwing it right in the boil there? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Now, do you think that the, ax- the extract is not as nutrient because you've depleted the water out of it? Because there's uh, some minerals in water? It's the process of, of boiling the water off it. You boil off some of the some basic nutrition to begin with. When you're need. doing a full grain, you know, you got it hot, it's fresh. You run it to a boil. Hmm. If you haven't messed around with it too much. Yeah. Uh, that would change. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering if that good amount of my boil that ends up boiling on my stove yeah. outside of the kettle has uh, has ruined my the body of my batches. Well, it ruins your, <laughs> ruins your stove, yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, if I were to go scrape my stove right now, I could have a whole batch of brew. Well, what, <laughs> a whole which batch is specific gravity at the, when, you, when you start off? I mean, if it, well, it depends it, on the beer. My, does I was, hit target? I, I did hit my target. Well, well I was I was just I was a just a just a teak below my. Do my you target. oxygenate your wort before you? It was the first time I had oxygenated my wort as well. Yeah. Okay, that will yeah. make your. Yeast go a lot more efficiently. Yeah. So maybe you just ferment it out a lot farther than you normally have. Than I normally would, yeah. Yeah, that's possible too, actually. Well, it makes me, and this is an interesting point though, it makes me wonder that the, the actual quality of the extract that you're getting, your final gravity might actually be different based on that quality. Oh yeah, I mean, our, our final gravities are fairly high compared to, uh, most grain brewers. Like, how high do you think you finish out at? You know, it's, it's not often that we go below, uh, 1.02. Wow. Sweet beers, yeah. Hmm. No, not necessarily sweet. They just got a lot of body, and they they have a lot of unfermentable. Unf- right, interesting. Okay, well, we've just uh, finished tasting uh, Pacific Coast Brewing Company's El Diablo Abbey Style Ale. What do you think of that, John? Um, honest opinion. Can't remember now. <laughs> you finished it. <laughs> got another bottle. Crack it open. <laughs> it's, it tastes old. 
Is it? Yeah. You said it's your 2003 vintage, huh? It is old. <laughs> it's an old one. Yeah. Can you tell the difference uh, that it's it's an extract brew and not an all grain brew? It seems sweet. That's it Does just it? has a, a residual sugar going. But on. that's a bit of an Abbey style thing. Yeah, it is. Because yeah, I because I didn't I was trying to see if I I was trying to focus on that and see if I could notice a difference and I didn't I I did notice that it was sweet but I was thinking Abbey style because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, sweet, fruity. A, yeah, it has a, a fruity clubby, character going on. A little clubby goodness. Going yeah. In there. What else you got? Can we try some more and talk to... Uh, actually, while we're doing that, uh, uh, I'd had a couple of questions about what the styles are that you brew, so maybe we can list a, a few of those. I'll open the Everything but lagers. <laughs> Everything but lagers, okay. Yeah. You got IPAs down there, I saw uh, that. Yeah, we have several IPAs. Mm-hmm. We do uh, we do triples, use dark beers of various kinds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, we're just finishing off uh, an ESB that came out real nice. Do you, uh, One of our listeners, in fact, let me get his question out here. Was about that ESB. You got a couple ESBs, right? Uh, we've done a couple of formulations. We, we, this, what we're doing now was our official ESB formula. Okay. And is this the one that you? Uh, that's a cast scale. Uh, well, we have a cast. We have a hand pump there, and typically what we'll do is finish the beer. Part of it will go into a serving tank where it's uh, force carbonated, and part of it will get uh, into a cask and okay. go up through the hand pump. So it's it's the same batch of beer except one is cast condition and one isn't. Okay, I got you. And uh, and are you noticing a lot of flavor difference when you do that? Anything you run through a hand pump tastes different. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's softer, rounder. Okay, but a lot of it's because it's got less gas in it. Right. And what about now? Uh, this person also had done some research and said uh, he noticed that you had an ESB on nitro. All of our beers are on nitro, but uh, that we did nitrogenate this ESB. Okay, which is slightly different than. Just pushing everything with nitro. Okay, right. You well, push yours with nitro, but this right. particular this one, yeah, it's it's carbonated or nitrogenated. Nit- okay. Mm-hmm. And why'd you choose to do that? Uh, I like the way it looks when it comes out the tap. And yeah, it does the cascading thing. Did it? Uh, it tastes good too. I'll tell you. Here's the. I don't know if I was. To, I might have just been talking about it with Doc. I, I just don't remember if I did it on the radio or not. Um, I went to an ale house who has a pale ale that they push that they not push that they nitrogenated, and it made it so smooth, like nitrogen tends to do, and, mm-hmm. and, and round, that the beer lost all its flavor. It was just too smooth and round. I wouldn't do it with every and, beer. Uh, yeah, but absolutely you know, not. But an ESB is a kind of a light beer, like a pale ale too. So I just, but it doesn't it didn't notice that effect with your ESB. It's you know, extra special bitter. You know, the whole concept of bitter ale in Britain is not what we think of. Absolutely bitter. It just means that it's not super <laughs> right. But. Uh, with the ESB that we made, uh, I just like the, the, the character that the nitrogenation gave it. Just okay. gave it a smooth, gave it a full body. Right. Made it pretty drinkable. Okay. All right, what do we got here, John, that you just poured? Triple Whale Ale. Which is our triple, but this but yours is 2003 also, I think. 2003, okay. So it should be somewhat similar to the uh, to the Al Diablo, but it's a all-pale malt. Do you guys filter your beers? We don't have a filter. You don't. Do you? Um, this, these bottles are all anything we bottle is just going to be uh, bottle conditioned. Bottle conditioned. Uh, no. Uh, what about a bright tank before you get to the bottle? Yeah, I mean it. It goes through several steps where we take the chunky stuff out. I like that. I like that you don't filter your beers. I think it adds just. I mean, this would be clear, except that I drove it over here twenty miles. Because mm, the fact that uh, it's it's fairly high gravity beer and it's uh, it's got some chill haze to it. Very little though. I mean, you can tell that it's not filtered, but it's not as if it's it's really cloudy either. That's kind of why I was asking. 
Well, you use a champagne yeast mm. when you put it in the bottle. That tends to stick to the bottle, the bottle a bit better. So that's how you're doing your bottle conditioning. You're adding a champagne yeast at the end. Right. Okay, you're getting good carbonation out of that too. Yeah. Sometimes too many. Is that right? <laughs> okay. Hopefully none of these will explode on us while we're talking here. Now, were you guys able to really get that down to a calculation, or was that a trial and error for you too? When you it's kind of trial and error because the extract, depending on the batch, can some of them can appear to be done, and then you put them in the bottle, and they continue to ferment yeah. more so than you would expect it to. And Have you guys had any full batches turn into gushers or, or explosions? Well, or only else? in the bottle. When you get it in the tank, it's not that much of a problem. Sure. Sometimes in the bottle, you've we've had, had that some, happen. We've had some situations, yeah. Okay, so have I. <laughs> that makes you feel any better. <laughs> well, that's one of the things with extract that you're going to find is going to yeah. be uh, is going to happen to you more often than if you were full grain. Right. I think it's interesting that all of your beers are bottle conditioned conditioned as well. Uh, we don't have space for a $200,000 bottler down there. Right. And if you've ever tried counter-pressure filling on a small scale, it's a slow, tedious process. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> on a homebrew level, too. Gotcha. But I would guess that even your regular bottling's got to be a tedious process down there. Eh, not too bad. We can do seven or eight cases in an hour or so. Okay. Yeah. Of course, yeah. it takes two hours to get set up for it. But Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Hmm. Can you tell the difference between extract and all-grain mm-hmm. beers? It depends on the extract. I mean, if you got an extract that's got a nasty flavor, yeah. If you don't, then not necessarily. Now that we were talking about that tang flavor, I mean, earlier, what do you think produces that in the bad extract? Depending on the extract, if it's an extract that's been pre-hopped, I've never had any success with any of those. Those always have a really nasty chemical flavor to them. Hmm. Uh, Is that from processing of the mash process, or? I think it's probably they use a, a kind of a nasty uh, uh, extract of hop. Okay. That they're tossing in there. So the hops kind of clash with the malt profile a little bit, or well, it might be overdone, or it just might be. The, the, there's several processes you can use for making a hop extract, right? Mm. And some of them have got some fairly obnoxious uh, chemicals left behind. Hmm. Well, I'm looking at your awards list here, and you. Your extract beers have done pretty well. We've done it. Yeah, you guys, have, I was looking at that too. Uh, late 80s, early 90s, yeah. you guys were cleaning up at the GABF. We we did pretty good there. At one point, we had a, what was it, seven-year continuous run of winning medals at the GABF. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, it's from that's, 89 to that's 97. That's a nice run. That's a very nice run. Place every, every year. A question from the chat room before we get too far away from it. Um how come you only use nitro to push your beers and not CO2 there? Uh, well, CO2, over time, uh, will dissolve into the beer and make it more and more carbonated, so you can't pour it and or drink it. Okay. I mean, any in any draft system, any place, yeah. uh, if you go into a, a beer bar that serves a lot of bud, they're most likely going to have a not on straight uh, CO2. It's going to be a, a air blend. But they're moving that keg out in 24 to 48 hours, so it's not a problem getting off. Well, that's what I'm thinking. If it's moving fast enough, the CO2 wouldn't be too much. Yeah, we got 24 taps, and so it's not uncommon for not each keg to be changed on a daily basis. At least a few of those are hanging around, aren't they? Yeah. Any place that's got multiple taps doesn't go through. they got certain beers that that move over really fast, but other beers, you know, day two, three, four, five. Absolutely. And you keep them, you know, PV equals NRT. Yeah, yeah. Pressure times volume equals. <laughs> right. But bottom, you know, pressurized carbon dioxide that's cold dissolves into beer, and it's going to get more and more carbonated. Okay. Uh, and if you're pouring foam instead of beer, that, that bottom line is a problem. Yeah. 
I thought that if you set your CO2 at, you know, say it's at 12 pounds, for example, that it equalizes. The keg will never go over the 12 pounds. It'll dissolve in. It just keeps dissolving in, you say? Okay. All right. Um, Over time. Sure. It's got to sit there. It sits there for a week or two, and then, how come this stuff is getting too carbonated? Yeah. And then you get to the very bottom of a keg, it it outgasses in the big headspace, and suddenly the beer goes flat on you. Right. Yeah, you don't want a flat bottom of the keg because that's when the keg's good to me. Yeah, I like the bottom gallon. of the keg. You know, when you when you pour beer as a bartender and you give some and and you pour that last beer and then the keg blows, if you give that to a guest, a customer, whatever, I've been in the business too long when I start yeah. calling them guests. <laughs> uh, you give them to a guest, um, they're kind of offended. Oh, you gave me the bottom of the barrel. I gotta have the bottom of the barrel. Oh, there's foam in my glass. And I'm thinking. <laughs> Dude, that's the good stuff right there. Like, yeah. that's the stuff that's been around the longest. That's nice right there. Mm-hmm. Doc always talks about that when he comes in here. He's like, man, the last couple beers out of my keg, just before it blows, is right when those beers got to where it's I wanted them like to. Kind of like a gas it's beer where all they, of a sudden. Yeah. It's where <laughs> they just hung out long enough to age properly and just right there and then poof, gone. Yeah, it, just, it gets oxygenated when it comes flying into the glass yeah. and then settles back out. And so a little bit of oxygenation at the very end is, is okay, but yeah, uh, yeah. you don't want it in contact with oxygen for a long period of time. Sure. Two days later, try to drink it. Somebody asked me at work the other day, um, somebody I work with, kid, getting ready to have a kegger. He's going off camping, wanted to bring a couple kegs with him, and he uh, wanted to know how long his keg would keep, you know, uh, which uh, I can remember the days of that being just an awesome question because when you when you don't know about beer, all you know is that a keg is good. <laughs> like when that's all you know, you bring a keg, keg's good. And that by the second day, the kegs that you bought at Beverages and More or whatever the liquor store was isn't good anymore. It's because they're pushing it with a hand pump. Exactly. Right. But I'm telling you that the as air. a kid who doesn't know about this, you don't know that. And what you think is it's because that barrel that you had it on the ice. bottom of the barrel? All the ice melted and it got warm. And when you got it cold again, it tastes terrible. It got oxidized. It got oxidized, exactly. And that's what I told him. I said, well, you know, let me ask you, when you go on this camping trip, how are you going to pump this thing? Are you going to use CO2 cartridges or are you going to use a hand pump? And he's like, we're going to use cartridges. And I said, then don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Uh, But it's, it's, uh, I'm just, my point is, you know, before you start to know this stuff, I didn't know until we talked about it on, I think, with you one day, John, that it's actually the the pumping of oxygen into the keg that makes that beer taste terrible. You're just throwing in bacteria and wild yeast. Like, here you go, boy. Put it this way. I I typically go off on a a camping expedition once a year where I bring a, a keg of beer, a jockey box, CO2. Keep the beer out, hundred degree weather for a week. Right, beer's fine. Right, yeah. But you know, I've got CO two in a joggy box. So. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, are you adding LME and DME to your beers? What LME or <laughs> DME? Well, yeah, liquid <laughs> no. malt extract. The, that's the LME, the yeah. DME, and you're adding DME as well. No, ever, never doing that. Okay. Um, I mean, in theory, you're supposed to be able to do a certain kind of a mash with that. There's enzymes, et cetera, in it, but uh, okay. We never bother doing that. Okay. Do you dry hop your beers? A lot of them. The Blue Whale Ale you dry hop, right? Yes. How do you do that? Uh, you run it through a primary, rack it into a secondary fermenter, mm-hmm. uh, toss in uh, pelletized hops, chill it down to 40 degrees, let it sit for a week. You, rack- do, it now, you, do, you do your dry hop cold? Right. Okay. Rack- Otherwise, it just sits on top and nothing happens. Okay. And that gets them to go to the bottom? Right. As soon as you chill it off, it falls to the bottom, and you get some extraction. Otherwise, it just sits on top. Okay. And how long do you do that for, that dry hop? Typically about a week. Okay. All right. 
Uh, what kind of yeast do you use? Uh, do you have a staple? We have a proprietary yeast that we use. You do. So you are pit repitching and NCYC two forty actually, but you know, why yeast? hard hard to come by. Okay. You know, unless you go to the yeast bank and do have you, them do it. For, do you, you repitch? Yeah. How we, many generations? Go about ten generations, ten and we get a new one. Hmm. All right. Since you guys have done so well in competitions. Do you have any tips for homebrewers for competitions? Or, you know, in general, what's the most important thing that they should focus get, on? Get the best raw materials you can get. Uh, do a full boil, if at all possible. Mm. Um, get fresh hops and that stuff they've had laying around forever. You don't know how, how strong it is or what's left behind. Right. Uh, in fact, we were just doing a, a triple here recently, and we specifically used old hops in it. And if, if you... Look at a lot of uh, Belgian ale production. They will typically use real old hops in there because it has antibacterial qualities, but does not a whole lot of flavor. Okay. Uh, you look can go to uh, any of your brewing, not brewing, but uh, any of your hop distributors, and you can get information on particular hop varieties. You can find out how much they degrade over a period of time, and you can, oh, this one's only 20% of what it was a year and a half ago. Right. You can compensate for that and how much you add to it to okay. get the right amount of bitterness out of it. But uh, That's a good point, actually, John. Do you guys uh, do you deal with any of that? Like how much you know uh, utilization you're still getting out of your hops and how good they are after they've been hanging around? Well, it varies year to year. Yeah. The ba- I mean, the hops that a homebrew supply shop is from the previous year, so, I mean... Okay. I mean, all the hops are, the new hops are, are just being harvested now. And right, right. So the new stuff will be in the stores somewhere in November, December. Okay. I mean, if you were going to do it right, you'd plug it into an equation, pro mash, and then you would know how much, maybe you have to lower your bearing hop a little bit, half ounce here, because it's higher alpha acid. Yeah. You know, I mean. And then some hops, uh, as they get older, they get really nasty. <laughs> you don't want to use them because mm. they, they have, they just start degrading into really undesirable flavors. Okay. Well, that we talked about it. Spells like cheese. Sure. Oxidized. Yeah. Columbus yeah. hops, that's a year old. Yeah. Get really? some real Parmesan cheese kind of a huh. Cook aroma with it. to it. Mm. Put it on your pizza. Yeah, yummy. Oh, you can make great IPAs with it when it's fresh, but as it gets older in the year, it doesn't work so good. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder if you could use hops as a, as a, like a sprinkle on pizza, like instead uh, of oregano or there's something. There's a brewery in uh, Florida that was doing a big thing. There was a thing on the Food Network about it. About hops on their pizza? sprinkling on, on foods and went on oh, this one here. It's got a citrusy character in this one here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Any hops I've ever tasted taste nasty on food. Is that right? <laughs> it's bitter. I've not tried it, so now I'm really curious, though. I wanted yeah, to I've never it. found one I think works good in uh, anything other than flavoring beer. Okay. I think pasta would be good. <laughs> yeah, why not, right? <laughs> Instead of basil hops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, last week when Bison was in here, we tasted their, um, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was now. But it was a, it was. The Red Ale? No. The one that we ended up deciding it was great with pizza. Man, I can't really forgot it was good. It was like their oregano beer or something, right? Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nah, we can't remember. Hey, give Daniela the microphone real All quick. Right, Hi, Daniela. Hi, sir. How's the chat room going? The chat room is going just fine. Great. You want to uh, know something about it? Sure. All right. So the first, they have a lot of questions, as you have noticed. Uh-huh. So that's pretty cool. And then yeah. second thing is they've been very, very adorable because they're so concerned about my beer. Uh, that's what I and wanted to talk I to you about. I told them that I probably killed my beer and <laughs> I, re- I feel terrible actually. Yeah. If it's really dead, I'm going to cry. I know I have to admit it's my own fault, sort of. It's mm-hmm. your fault too. <laughs> like it's our fault, I would say. 
<laughs> but I feel okay. awful because I looked at it yesterday. I didn't even tell you. I looked at it for like half an hour, and the color is awesome, actually. Oh yeah. I think it could have been a good, good beer. But the guys in the chat room they have encouraged me, and they said, "Well, it could still be fine." It's they true. advised me to chill it down mm-hmm. to like fifty something degrees, and that they've had beer in kegs for like months at a time too. Like the one guy has had a beer in a. I'm not in a keg and a cupboard for like since August. There you go. So and they're all good. I'm just so concerned about the off flavors. My beers probably has developed over the last. Well, w- four, well, how long was it? Four weeks too long, right? It's I think been it's been in, in the cupboard for seven s- weeks. Seven weeks. So that's four weeks too long. I think I'd rack it. Just get it off all the. Yeah, that's what they yeah. told me to rack it, and then it should still or could still maybe be maybe add fine. some more fresh yeast to it. What's what's the specific gravity right now? Uh, she I don't know. Have to pull out her uh, file. It's a it's a brown ale though. I, I'm trying Multi to brown ale. We're gonna keg it tonight. Is what's yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully I've, it's not I've too decided. high because you blow the tops. <laughs> oh no no it, it's 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 finished and it's ready. The, the only thing I'm 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 concerned is is whether or not it's become. Uh, although I don't see how it would. You just don't want it to start. Wh- what did you say could have happened to it, John? What was the you were you said one word? Autolysis. Autolysis. Um, which I don't understand this word. Explain, please. You might have like a soy flavor going on in your beer. Oh uh, yeah, like that's. A, uh, well, hold on. Like it's like a silkiness going on, mm. just yeah. because all the dead yeast has settled out on right. top, yeah. and it's you know, add some all flavors. Yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> That's actually the only thing I'm worried about because I'm I'm pretty confident that we kept it clean, so I, I'm not worried about having gotten off flavors from infection or anything else. Uh, I'm confident that the temperature has been fine because it was completely finished fermenting at a solid, nice and cool temperature. It wasn't until we had intended to rack it but never did that we took it off of that cool temperature. Right. So I'm not too concerned about that I'm, I'm a little worried about the autolysis um, but i'm actually still danielle i don't think you should be so down i'm still pretty confident it's going to be good so here's what we're going to do we're going to keg it tonight yeah. i'm telling this to the listeners too gucci asked me about it this morning he, one of the first things he wanted to know when he jumped in the chat room was oh, what's up with your beer oh. i said he has to ask you and then he went oh, oh. it's that bad huh? <laughs> <laughs> i will help with you guys john's going to help us we're going to keg it up we're going to carbonate it in about 10 minutes and then we're gonna sh- throw it in the fridge and, and chill it down. Alright, we're gonna we're gonna try it tomorrow. Then is I that what I, you're saying? I think I chill it down Boom. first, and, and then, then do it, and then rack it just so you get all the crud off it. We can't. Why? I can't put my. It's my like carboy does, old. Carboy doesn't fit in the fridge. No. It's got to go into okay. the keg. Yeah. It's keg's right. the only thing that fits in the fridge. We, need we just have this small. I know. I absolutely. <laughs> we're working on that too. I just have one of those little, uh, uh, dormitory refrigerators. Okay. That's okay. my kegerator. All right. My kegerator is also my conditioner. Uh, so. <laughs> it's your bright tank too. Yeah. John, does this mean that my beer could taste like matches? You know, when you burn off matches, then the sulfur. The sulfur. Bit. Oh, yeah. that's composting. good. Yeah. Yeah. Compost. That's like a Christmas beer then. I'm confident, Daniel. Add some Christmas spice to it. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Well, don't be, don't jinx me first of all, and don't be yeah. too optimistic. Okay. <laughs> Who knows? You might prove the whole ale thing. I'm. I might be the one right. to prove the whole ale thing wrong. Yeah. We're going to. Who years knows? Of production, and we need to learn something. <laughs> yeah. <more. laughs> That's what we're here for. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Somebody is asking me if I was making barley wine in my primary. <laughs> you might as well be. Yeah, add some more. Sugar. We could just pop the top off of it and call it a lambic if you want. You could leave it for another year or so. Yeah. Who cares? No, I want to try it. I mean, I could just rebrew it if it's really horrible. So that's a good experience for me. I'm never going to leave it too long in a carboy ever again because now I feel bad. Yeah, so I didn't f- to feel too bad for the last three weeks, but now I feel really terrible. Yeah. 
about so, wasting it. Have you tasted it lately? No. I'm, I'm I mean, scared. <laughs> before you bottle it and waste all your time, if it tastes really, really nasty now, right. it's not likely to get better yeah. with age. That's a good point. Take oh. a hydrometer reading taste. <laughs> I've, I've got a story about that. I, okay. I brewed a homebrew once for a, uh, a contest up at uh, Mendocino Brewing Company, and a friend of mine helped me bottle it. And he had a young child and changed a diaper, and we were pouring the beer from one point to another. Uh. and. He didn't wash his hands oh. so good, and this was a it was a diaper pale ale. I mean, oh. we took it up there. And oh. I, I still got the comments of the judges. Said, what happened to this stuff? It, really? It was nasty. It oh was man, that's funny. Oh, what's wrong with that guy? Oh, baby. Oh, yeah, baby. It was kind of like fingernail polish. It was nasty. Oh, diaper pale ale. That's a good name. That, that kind of goes back to us washing our hands after you piss. Yeah. 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 Same thing. It's even worse changing brew. a diaper, yeah. man. God knows oh. you drink when you brew. I mean, yeah. God knows that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. My other her. question for you, Daniela, uh-huh. is uh, what are you saving uh, Lufa, one of our longtime listeners and uh, funny man? I, I told Lufa already what I'm saving it for. Well, i got to tell the rest of the people. Lufa, uh, by the way, if you're not a member of our forum, and uh, unfortunately, due to some mishaps this week, you're going to have to be a member uh, after today in order to post uh, because we got, like, porn and different spammers going on there because guests were allowed to... You know, not that I could, could care, but apparently the, the other forum users didn't want all the porn in there. So <laughs> so I deleted it. And anyway, point being, uh, if you're not yet a member of our forum, uh, man, join man. it and check it out. There's some. Uh, not only is it informative, it's damn funny. Uh, Lufa posted some funny things Who today. Who minds porn on a forum? Uh, Who is that? Actually, the problem is that it wasn't really porn. It was just like weird jokes that... Stupid like, stuff. Uh, it was childish. <laughs> it was yeah. It was very very strange stuff, and it was uh, it wasn't an actual person that put it in. They have these bots. Yeah, I know. And the bots just kind of search these things out, uh, log in as a guest. It's all automated, and and pop these things in there with a link to go to their to their site. Well, I think then in that case it's good that you have to be a member now because we don't want to support that shit, right? No. Do we? Oh, I yeah. mean, it's no, all just automated shit and stuff. Yeah, I don't no, we like don't that like at all. That. We we would support porn, but not in that matter. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> and it's no big deal that you got to be a member anyway, really, because it's it's not like it's it's ex- you know we sp- then spam your right. information or or that it costs anything. Right. My point is, uh, join up and check out some of these things. It's informative and it's funny. Lufa put some funny things in there today under the top ten list that had me cracking up just before the show. Uh, I'm gonna. Next week's ten top ten list will probably be a forum top ten list. That's awesome. All created by forum users. Oh, I saw that uh, that they were talking about that. Yeah, yeah so that, that's a pretty that. good idea, actually. But he sent us some beer uh, uh, quite a ways back, and yeah. we tasted it on air. But one particular beer was his last bottle, the the very last bottle in his possession yes. of the very first beer he ever brewed. It's true. And what are you saving that for, Daniela? I just told him um, I had to think for a good moment. I wanted to save it for like a very special occasion, like a very special moment to me. And I just quit my job. My last day will be Wednesday. And I yeah. really, 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 really hated this job. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the chat users are concerned who's going to pay rent now. Yeah, they should be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I found a new job already. Yeah. It's going to be much better. If after Wednesday you tune in the <laughs> Brewing Network and you hear nothing... <laughs> Be afraid. <laughs> Very afraid. John will be calling. No, nobody's answering his calls. He'll be running out of my shop. What's going like, on, guys? Welcome to the Brewing Network. Uh, we've been evicted. No, it's fine. My new job is much better, yeah. and I make much more money, so the Brewing Network should be fine for another few months. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, anyway, I'm so stoked about that, that Wednesday is my last day there because it was really a torture. I'm going to drink it on Wednesday. You are. And then I will report on Sunday about how it was. Okay. And are you going to share it? With whom? With me. Why would I? I don't know. Did you Come go on. to work for the past five months? Yes, just not to that not crappy place. Really? Went. Wait, <laughs> I went to different crappy places. <laughs> what about when you didn't work? Yeah, what about then? You don't remember that all of a sudden, do you? No, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's all the listeners get to know about it. <laughs> no, 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 I don't what about the What about the year that you lived here that you didn't work? You know, well, crazy cow. I had, uh, we lived off my savings then, didn't we? <laughs> uh, point taken. On that note, we're taking a break. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Um, it's 6.30. We're on schedule, John, for the first time ever. What we're going to do is uh, take this break, come back. I got a few more listener questions in front of me, plus some pre-questions, and try to wrap up the extract discussion and uh, maybe actually finish the show on time for once in in our lives. Good. (laughs) Weird. Weird. You got your choice. I've either got uh, some local music that nobody's (laughs) ever heard before that's awesome, or Foo Fighters, John. Foo Fighters. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of musician are you? That's fine, but I'm going to start with one and finish with the other. Okay. So you want to start with the Foo Fighters? No. <laughs> you want to start with the other one? Yes. You, you want to make up your mind? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll start with the other one, and then we'll move on to Foo Fighters. How about that? Is that all right with you? Perfect. This is from a, a band that, that was and is no more, but is still making music, but doesn't have the current name. and that's ah, very It's a long uh, story. Basically, the man writes good music, and that's what I'm playing for you. They were at this time called Cult of Suburbia. You will find them no more, but uh, hopefully some new stuff will come out. It's the Brewing Network trying to play some new music, uh, not for all of you, but just for Oz, his wife, who who uh, called in and complained. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you're just tuning in, we're with Don Gortmiller. Did I get it right, Don? You got it. From the Pacific Coast Brewing Company, and we're going to try a few more of his beers as I, th- I see there's a nice stack there in front on the, on the desk. So let's get to the tasting, huh, boys? Let's do it. All right, we'll be right back. It's the Brewing Network. We took a walk We had our talk I guess I'm still in shock And a little bit confused By what you said Despite our problems I thought we'd solve them But you just keep revolving Around the same side
Johnny, oh, you did it. You muted me. I did. It was an accident, though. Wow! Where's Oz today, Danielle? I haven't heard from him all day. He's doing just fine. His wife is in a chat room and two, and she says thank you for the song. <laughs> but they're doing just fine. I have another thing from the chat room that I want to tell you real quick. Okay. A guy named Clark Head decided to visit Vinny's Brewery after he heard Vinny on the show. Isn't that awesome? Oh, and did nice. he tell him that that's the reason he was visiting the brewery? I am not positive. Because that's important. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> It's anyway. very important to us that that happens. And, <laughs> and, be, and the guests who come in here start to know that people actually <laughs> listen to us. <laughs> you know. Well, I don't know if he did tell him, but I thought it was still t t totally awesome that he did so and yeah, went to the brewery cool. and checked it out because he heard Vinny on the show and he had a good time there. Nice. I mm -hmm. bet he did. I, I, sh I knew him <laughs> I know. There. We got <laughs> to go there really bad. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Awesome. it's uh, when w I just heard a, a speech given by Sean O'Sullivan uh, from 21st Amendment. He, he was our guest a few weeks ago. And he was talking about how funny it is to go into Russian River uh, Brew Pub up there because you know it's it's a regular bar and it's in a very blue collar part of our, uh, of of our state uh you know lots of farm workers and 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 different you know it's just very blue collar mm -hmm. where where your typical vision of of the of the 5:30 happy hour is uh, you know a bunch of blue collar sitting around drinking the bud or right. the you know whatever giant beer happens to be around 
these guys are all drinking um, Belgians out of Snifters. Yeah. I mean, they got their mechanic shirt on, and they're all pushed up to the bar drinking Vinny's, you know, Belgians out of the Snifter. Good for Vinny. Some of those have got some pretty good octane. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Some of them. <laughs> but it's just, it, but you know, he's just telling the story as uh, it's it's very interesting what you can do and how things are changing and and, well, and so you know, of course it. Certain areas are different than others. Sure. Uh, the Russian River area is a... But that says a lot about good beer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... It does. Well, that's cool. I'm glad our listeners... Yeah. And then another another two announcements. Um, mm-hmm. Oz needs me to let you something know. He changed his name. He's a totally different <laughs> person now in the chat room. Are you ready? Yeah. The name is Fancy Osbrew Mumu of Muington. <laughs> of Muington? Town. Town. Yeah. Muington. Town. Can you make that? I don't even longer. understand her. Sometimes she's my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Does that really matter? <laughs> what is it again? <sighs> I just read it to you. Fancy Osbro Moo Moo of Moito. Uh, it gets longer Mo- every yeah. week. Is all it, that's all the changes with Oz? Is he just tries to make and it longer? His, his girlfriend or wife? I don't. I don't really know what their situation. I think is it's now. his wife. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, her name is long. Mrs. Moo Moo. <laughs> <laughs> and she's in there on a, under a separate name. Yeah, she's at work actually and <laughs> is listening to she's the show, which and, is awesome. And is she okay that I've played new music this week? I or? just told you she's very happy about that. I don't know if she really likes it, but I think yeah. she appreciates your effort anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, um, somebody just asked me for some advice. Of course, not beer advice, but like um, advice about Germany and Europe. Okay. Um, whenever somebody needs advice in that matter, just send me an email because I have an email address now. Which oh, is that's right. Daniela at thebrewingnetwork.com. Nice. You can address just anything to me. How and do I'll you get spell back your name? Yes, because it's Daniela with one L. It's Daniela with one L. This is how I spell my name. Go for it. D A N I E L A. There you go. <laughs> Daniela at the Brewing Network. I'm pretty good at spelling already. All right, that's it from me. All right. Hey, are we going to play tonight? Yes, it's time for. Stump the Brewer. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you caught that in any of our archives, Don. I don't think um, I listened that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just a good way. Uh, Don uh, very generously brought some some shirts for us to give away. Let me look through and see what we got here. So we got some things to give away like, we, bag like we love to do. Um, oh, yeah, we got some good stuff here. Nice. We got one, two, three... Four? Sh- oh, goodness well, sakes. You what guys, size? You're hitting the jackpots today. Large and extra <laughs> large. Large, XL. large and extra large. Okay. We got some very nice Pacific Coast Brewing Company. They say where they're from, Oakland, California. Raiders colors there. They're Raiders. Yeah, and this black. one is silver and black right here. Um, but we also have A's colors. I like the brewing companies who... Oh, yeah, you d- I saw that at the bottom of the bag. You got the, the Oakland A's colors, too. I like it when you put where you're from on, on the brewing company. And it might seem like a... You know, oh, it goes without saying. You put where your brewery's from, but a lot of brewing companies don't. They just go for that for that brand recognition. Yeah. But this kind of shirt's cool to wear out of state because it says Oakland, California. You know, you've been there, kind of thing. Even if you haven't, it's good. <laughs> you know, it's good. I wear shirts all the time, places I have not been. Somebody <laughs> in Wisconsin gonna win that shirt. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. So, all right, we got it's good advertising for us. That's what they tell me every day when I yeah. Send me, shirt, send me, send me this, send me that. All right, so I've got two here that are the, that are black and silver, the Oakland uh, Raiders colors. Now this one's for their uh, another one. Uh, it's uh, it also says Oakland Pacific Coast Brewing. Got a great logo from their Columbus India Pale Ale, and uh, that's a cool shirt right there. I, I don't even know what color to call this. Tan. Tan. <laughs> yeah. 
This is the color I would pick it's right beige. there. That's a good shirt. Beige. It's tan. But it's good. the same thing. It's very pretty. Yeah, I like this shirt. Yeah, this is awesome. a good shirt. Uh, good one to win there. That one is uh, an extra large. Nice. And then finally, if you happen to be an Oakland A's fan, uh, we got the green and gold Pacific Coast Brewing Company. Also says Oakland, California. So four shirts to give away there today, kids. So uh, we got to start doing that. Uh, as usual, part of it will do stump the brewer. Um, Could be easy. I'm going to set some guidelines now, uh, like we've been doing for the ca- past couple weeks. And as uh, the more shipping John does, the more he notices uh, repeat addresses. Yeah. Uh, I apologize. You ever notice if you if you tune into ra- like regular radio stations, they say you know uh, members of the family of the radio aren't allowed to win, and if you've won in the last six months, you're not allowed to win, and, right. and things like that. We're going to try to start doing that just to just to spread the love a little bit and get some people participating that uh, that kind of hang out but don't usually participate. So. Get your Stump the Brewer questions ready. Uh, Doc, you're, you're welcome to play uh, from our, our Oz Brewer, Fancy Moo Moo, Oz Town, whatever his name is now this week. I don't know. Hey, you. You're welcome to play, but I, I, I can't send you a shirt. I apologize. Uh, John won't let me. <laughs> uh, oh, so no. You know who you are. If you've won several times, you know, just uh, you're welcome to play the game, but you're not going to win. Uh, we want to encourage some people who have not received anything from us um, to, to play the game. So... Like I did last week, uh, I will take a caller who's never called in before. And just for calling in, you don't even have to stump the brewer. I'd, I'd like to just to get a caller who's never called. I'll give you a shirt just for calling. So 888-401-BEER. First caller to call in, you get a shirt as long as we've never uh, sent you one or talked to you before. Yeah. Just like to get some fresh faces on there. I will know. We had some people from New York come out to see me at uh, at the brewery, John. You sent them over there, yeah, and I wasn't there. I was off that day. I wonder where they are. I've not heard from them. They were cool people. I would have expected... They listen to the show all the time. They just stopped yeah. in at B3 and said, uh, where's Justin? Well, and they were visiting family, and then they came to the homebrew shop where they order from. Okay. And then they knew that I was affiliated with B3, and yeah. it's like, we'll go to Pyramid. And right. You know, somewhere over there, you'll find Jay. Right. Back where it is, somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I was told that they came to, to hang out, but, uh, but I wasn't there, and I haven't heard... I, I would expect it that they went back to New York and then wrote me, hey, we tried to find you and never found you. <laughs> But I've not heard from them, so I'm wondering where they are. I don't know why I thought of that. I just was thinking of new callers and <laughs> I don't know prizes I haven't given away. And um, All right, so 888-401-BEER. Be a caller who's never called before, and uh, we'll give you a shirt. Uh, how's Stump the Brewer going over there? They got some questions not already? Not going yet. No, they're, they're, they're lagging today, huh? It's just funny because Fancy is in trouble now with his wife. Uh, there's a phone call. Girlfriend, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> with his girlfriend. I thought it was his wife. That's close enough. He doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so while that, we got our caller on the air now, so we'll see if that's someone we can give a shirt to. And they're working on the Stump the Brewer. If you're new to the show, here's the way Stump the Brewer works. Uh, you come up with a question. It's gotta be beer related, although we don't care how difficult it is. It just has to be beer related. And, uh, if the brewer can answer it, you don't win a shirt. Thanks for the question, but sorry. Uh, if you stump the brewer, you get a shirt. That's all. And basically, Don, as a warning, here's what happens. Uh, it happened to us, um, was it last week that Bison yeah. was in here? <laughs> the guy from Bison was, uh, he was, he was probably the best we've ever had in here at, at the trivia. And, uh, just answered the most random questions. But it doesn't matter how good you are, they're relentless. You will keep getting questions until you fail. <laughs> so I'm just gonna give you, cause they want the shirt. So, just as a warning. Uh, okay, we've got a caller on the air now. The oh, Brewing Network. I didn't mean to play that. I, that was cool. <laughs> okay. Little segue. Uh, let's see who we've got. Here. Who's it called? The Brewing Network, you're on the air. Hi, this is Greg from Cleveland, Ohio. 
Cleveland, Ohio. That's the yeah, first. Did I call in first? Yes, yeah. you're the first one, Greg. You get a shirt. Right, cool. Great. Hey, what are you up to out there? Well, uh, I did a brew day yesterday. What'd you and, brew? Uh, yesterday I tried to clone a, a bass ale. Oh, okay. And uh, it's uh, it's working pretty good down in the down in the kegerator. Extract or all grain? No, all grain. All grain, that a boy. Nice. Okay. And uh, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight I'm uh, drinking wussy beer. Oh yeah. What yeah. is wussy beer? Yeah. Coors Light. Uh, not a little better than that. Uh, Budweiser. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Hey, well, I like that. There goes our Coors Light uh, guest. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. My bad. <laughs> that's uh, that's two firsts for you. You're not only the first uh, uh, caller tonight, but the first caller to ever call drinking a Bud, too. I oh, like that. Well, you yeah. know, I, I got some other down in the basement, but... Uh, no, that's all right, pace though. it around, have a couple of homes, and... Yeah. And, uh, that's the way to do it. Cheap stuff. See, now maybe we can go back and ask Bud to be on the show. They should be Because we've had a caller in who's drinking Bud. Yeah, I'll, I'll bother them. I got a friend who, who loves to microbrew and the craft brews, and he's a home brewer, but pretty much in between, you know, he'll have two or three craft or home brews, yeah. and then he goes back to Coors Light every time and has a couple Coors Lights because he feels like it... Cleanse your palate. It cleanses <laughs> his palate, and he's able to continue drinking because if he stayed with the with the heavier IPAs right. or whatever he's drinking all right. night long... He's, yeah, you're, you're wasted. You're wasted. He's in bed yeah. by 10, you yeah. know, 9.30. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of how I do it. Yeah, it's it's not a bad idea, I'm now telling that's you. responsible drinking. <laughs> you know, I've only got a... Uh, I've got an apple... Um, that autumn spice ale that was in the brew magazine last last month. Okay. So I gave it a try, and it. Uh, I put two vanilla beans in it. Should only put one. Ah. Uh, rather sweet, so I can only drink one or two of them. Gotcha. You did it the California way. Always put a little more. <laughs> Too much is what it ends up being. Maybe next month it'll be better. Okay. Yeah, I gotta let it settle out a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, how many beers do you generally have on tap there, or are you a bottler? No, I keg. Okay. Uh, but this is, it was only my fourth uh, all-grain batch yesterday. Oh, okay. So I'm just kind of, I got the new system set up. It, you know, spent quite a while building it, and um, I just really got it fired up here this this uh, summer. And and what kind of system are we talking about here? Did you just build it yourself? Yeah, I just, you know, searched around the net and looked at what other people had. So I got uh, three kegs together and just, you know, made a... Uh, uh, Recirculation, right. hot water recirculation. That's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. A it's pumps and because those sculptures, as much as I like them, you got a well, pretty penny. Well, I didn't wind up over the top of my head. Yeah, you got to take a mortgage out in your house. Yeah, you know. I'm and I'd take a mortgage out of mine, except that I don't own it, so <laughs> it might piss off my landlord. <laughs> it's working that. out pretty good. I'm still tweaking it, but uh, okay. I got one of the uh, members from the local club here in Cleveland to uh, uh, stop over and give me a hand yesterday, so we had fun with it and. Um, got some microbrews to go along with it. To That's what you got to do. Back the pumpkins and that helps. Yeah, so we had a good time. Nice, very nice. Yeah, I got to build me an all green. I think, John. I found a book today. You could do it. You build the studio. I could do it. Yeah, yeah it takes guy. time. I uh, I found a I found a book today that's just all about building homebrew equipment. Where did you find that? Um, I just was you know in my I I spent a good amount of time on Sundays searching for material mm-hmm. for the show, and as I'm looking around just beer related sites, I 
I end up getting sidetracked and looking at different <laughs> books and what whatnot. Awesome. And this book, it even advertises itself as it says, hey, you know, you can pick these up, you know, most of these things that I tell you how to build at your local homebrew shop, mm-hmm. but you're going to pay for them. And, um, and you could do them at home just the same. So take this book. I give you pictures. I'll, I'll show you the whole thing. And uh, I don't know if it's any good. I, j- I really just saw the cover and read the brief description of it. You, but. Can, you can do it cheap if you want to, you know, do the cooler method. Yeah. Uh, use a got cooler. But right. I, I spent two years putting it all together, and I figured I'd just go all stainless and a little hmm. at a time. See, that's yeah. kind of what I would rather do, too, because I can keep brewing the whole time on sure. my on my sure. mini-mash, so why not just kind of slowly put it together? I yeah. mean, look how long it's taken me. I'm just barely trying to get to 10 gallons instead of my partial boil yeah. five. But you also know your <laughs> system, though, too, because yeah. you built it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true, too. You know how everything works and, and all that business. Mm-hmm. All right, well, keep up the good work, and uh, thanks for calling in. Uh, all you got to do is send me an email. Um, just uh, you know, give, give your name and, and say where you're from again, because that's how I'll reference you. And the address. And, uh, and the date of the show, of course, your address. Uh, it's justin at thebrewingnetwork.com. You'll find it on the website. On the website? Yeah. It's okay. it's all on there. And just send me, say you won Stump, uh, not Stump the Brew, say you were the caller that, that won the shirt, and I'll send it to you uh, next week. Very good. Great. Thanks for the call. Okay, thanks. All right. I love getting new callers. That's yeah. always fun. So that's one shirt gone. Um, although we didn't, I should have asked him which one he wanted, huh? Well. Well, just let them know. We'll let us know one. in the email. It'd be good. And yeah, we'll pick. Yeah, we'll let the other guys pick, and that'll leave one shirt. So there you go. All right, I got three more to give away. How are we doing with Stump the Brewer over there? Are they? Are, what are these here? Just questions or Stump the Brewer questions? Uh-oh. Okay. Here we go. I'm in trouble now. Okay, I know the answer to this. I'm stumped. You do? Sure, I do. Oh my god! Stump the broadcaster. Come on, I've been doing this for a while now. The brewcaster. Um, <laughs> and is Downey Head a new user, or is he just using a new username? Well, how am I supposed to figure that out? I think he's new. Okay, well, we're going to know. John's got a list. I know. Okay, this is from Downeyhead. <laughs> just, just a fun, what is that? <laughs> <Downey>. <laughs> I know it's a place in uh, Southern California, Downey. Uh, okay, are you ready for this? And I'm going to have to try to pronounce this word right. You might know this one, Don. I might. Okay. What is, oh man, Senosilicophobia, the fear of? Senosilicophobia. And I can let you read it if I'm pronouncing uh, it wrong. Stupid beer questions? That's <laughs> <laughs> the fear of stupid beer questions. Uh, uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, brewer, the brewer is stumped. John, you're raising your hand? Scared of movies. No. That's not true. I had to try. It is the fear of an empty glass. and okay, I That's beer related. It's okay. right. And I suffer from this phobia. <laughs> so I know the answer to this question. I don't ever We've really worry oh, about that because yeah, I keep them filled. Yeah, that's right. And you wor- you, I mean, for heaven's sake, you own a brewery. <laughs> that's good question. I like that question. I come across it a lot. Actually, I, I know it because uh, in searching for trivia for Beer Jeopardy, it often comes up. Uh, it's a it's a common uh, just out there question that nobody knows but it's in the beer trivia logs. You want to see oh no um so, no what's uh, his name Downey head? That's him. I can't see him. All I see is his yeah, kegs. That's him. <laughs> He's <laughs> a keg. Showing me pictures of his uh, all grain system there. Okay, Downey head, uh, same routine for you. Send me an email justin at the brewing network dot com and uh, you're gonna have to reference your question, your address, let me know that it's you. Um, last week we had somebody you know we we do this stump the brewer and we had three or four people call last week that didn't stump the brewer. Right. And we only had one that actually did. And I got uh, emails from two people who said that they stumped the brewer. One of them did. The other one didn't. 
And I, I, they're not trying to get something out of us. What I think happens is you're drinking during the show, and you're kind of like, I played Stump. I must have won. And so if you don't, if you didn't actually win and you don't get a shirt, it's not because we didn't ship it. It's because you didn't win. (laughs) Somebody from from Romania is going to call here and (laughs) ask for, it's good advertising. Please give me anything you've got that someone's giving you. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, uh, do, you, do you have anything else for Stump the Brewery? Yes, you know that Fancy Mumu likes to play Stump the Brewery verse, so he made the question, and if the brewer gets stumped, then... No, if the brewer knows it, then Fancy's going to save some puppies. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, the he's going to donate to the Red Cross, exactly. uh, which is what, what he likes to do. Um, he didn't have to donate last week, so I guess that's why he's, he can do it again this week. <laughs> but, but this question is just crazy. All right, uh, are you ready for the question? Yes. Fire away. Where in England were the first golden hops grown, and what was the farmer's name? (laughs) (laughs) If you get one out of two, we'll consider you not stumped. Absolutely. (laughs) Kent. (laughs) Kent. (laughs) Kent Golding. Very nice. Well, um, the answer is Cambridge. That's where it was, and the farmer's name is Golding. Is Golding. Yeah. Zero for zero. Okay. Okay. Now I got one here from White Shaman, yeah. and I know he's won from us before. Whether or not he's received his shirt, that's a different story. <laughs> I, I've, I've taken care of White Shaman. You have today. Yeah. Okay. Oh, today. Past okay. Past so I can't, uh, White Shaman. I'll ask your question just for fun, and we're gonna let John uh, answer this as well. Oh, thanks. Um, but but you don't get a shirt because we already sent you one. Even though I like his name, White Shaman. <laughs> okay. Uh, what percentage? Additional bittering do hop pellets provide over whole hops? What percentage? It, uh, oh, that's okay. Now we're talking utilization here. Yeah, but it's yeah, seasonal. I remember. It's seasonal. It depends. Well, I think they're more efficient in, in general. I think mm-hmm. they're like. Oh, absolutely. I would say 20 to 30 percent more. Uh, that sounds good to me. All right. They're going to say 20 to 30 percent to White Shaman, so he's going to have to answer there in the chat room. Um, in the meantime, uh, have you ever used Cooper's extract? I have. You have. And uh, what were your thoughts about that? Well, it's been 15 years, so at okay. the time that I did use it, it was it was okay. Cooper's is the one that comes in the tin can, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Cooper's from Australia. It's from Australia. And I think it was Oz that was their, asking the question. Their dried malt extract is very good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And do you guys sell it's not that, the too? Gra- it's not the granulated form, but it's a little finer. Some people complain about that, but it's very good for brewing. It's it easier to dissolve, I would think. Yeah, that, too. The mm-hmm. DME I get from you guys is really fine. Is that Cooper's? That's Cooper's. That's Cooper's. Yeah. In fact, it's so fine that even when you're, like, if I'm pouring into my starter, which, mm-hmm. is, which is obviously steaming, mm-hmm. it'll... It'll actually stick all around the bag before it even gets out, right. because just any amount of moisture, and it's. I do it backwards now. I put it in dry first, and then pour in the hot water because of that exact problem. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Good idea. Sugar is hydroscopic, meaning it absorbs moisture. Okay. Even in the air. Okay. In fact, a dry malt like that will will turn into a rock. Yeah. If you got a hole in the bag somewhere. Right. And what a mess it makes too if you're not really putting it in the right. You know, I, I've gotten it all over yeah. my counter and it's and all over my finger. It's like ants it's like, love it. It's like playing with honey. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. I've not had an ants yet, yeah, uh, okay. although I just jinxed myself, didn't I? Um, how about this, Don? Um, some advice on starting a microbrewery. How did you do it, and what can you tell us about your experience? Get as much money as you can, and then get some more. Because <laughs> it's not enough. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, it's really it. I mean, so many people think, oh, well, I calculate the side. It's going to cost me uh, ten cents a glass, and I'm going to sell it for four dollars a thing, and it looks, yeah. looks great on the spreadsheet. But yeah. uh, 
there's a lot more to it than that. And hidden you know, costs. Do, do you have any customers in the area that'll drive five miles? And, yeah. I mean, realistically, in most brew pub situations, I would say that ninety percent of their customer base comes within about ten miles of where the where the pub is. Okay. Okay. So, the numbers that I've seen have said that there's what is it? A community of fifty thousand can normally support. One brew pub. Oh, is that what they say? Okay. Somewhere around there. Right. It might be actually lower than that. Right. That's a lot. That's a, that's a good number, yeah, actually. That's, that's a fair amount. And it kind of makes why, sense to me. why you see all these places go, you know, they're in a community of 20,000 and they go yeah, dead. Sure. Unless they're a real tourist destination, they're not going to have a chance. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's repeat business. Okay. Uh, the answer, by the way, to the hop utilization, according to White Shaman, is 10% additional utilization. Ten percent. Okay. Although I would have guessed higher, like you guys too. And who knows? Maybe it is higher. But White Shaman says ten percent doesn't get a shirt anyway. How about that? <laughs> um, okay. So if if you if you're willing to, if, if, and even in rough numbers is is fine. What kind of money to start up your particular brew pub? And you did it in eighty nine. Yeah, we did it in eighty eight. Eighty eight. Okay. It for what three hundred thousand? But okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't attempt. <laughs> yeah. Anything under a million today. Right. I saw somebody's figures. I'm not going to name the, the person's figures that I saw, but they just opened a, a brew pub. Already were a brewery and then opened a, a brew pub. And, uh, it actually was under a million that they had, that they had done their estimates. Um, it was between seven and, and nine. But I'm, my so guess. So that's their kitchen. So they, <laughs> well, that's what so I'm saying. So they already had the brewing equipment. So the brewing the equipment brewing was co- another yes. million. So exactly. So my guess is that, and, and not only that, that I bet that that was still a low estimate, and mm-hmm. that uh, from building costs and then kind of waiting for customers. Uh, you know, how long did it? Were you guys immediately busy, or did you have to twiddle your thumbs for a while? Hey, we're, anybody in the beer business is always twiddling their thumbs, waiting for more sales to come in. Okay. Okay. I don't know anyone who's. Uh, I mean, Budweiser's not happy with their sales. They're sure. trying to get the last ten percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you guys find yourself trying to come up with new marketing schemes and things like that, or did you just kind of let it happen and hope we that need to word get of bodies mouth? Bodies in the doors. We need to get. Yeah. So were you just word of mouth kind of thing, or? Word of mouth. We do a lot of different advertising. You know, there's a certain amount of good you get out of the GABF. Uh, but it, a lot of it, it has to do with location, location, location. You just, mm. it's hard to emphasize that enough. If you're in a crummy location that no one can find, don't expect that no one will find you. Right. Uh, how many years did it take for you to make a profit? We're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Since 88. <laughs> no. <laughs> Took a while, though? It's, yeah, it's, it's not easy. And it's probably still tight, I, I can Im- imagine. Um, and Lots then, of expenses. What did you do before you opened up the brew pub? I worked for Chevron for a number of years. Okay. And you just did you just one day decide, you know, I'm not happy, I want to brew or uh they I was lucky to be there at the point when they had uh, just merged with uh actually didn't merge, they they bought Gulf Oil. Okay. And then they they basically were looking to lower their payroll, so they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe fully vested in what I had there, and the guy cashed out. Okay, yeah. and then you took that and risked it all, huh? Hey, got to roll the dice sometimes. All right, so uh, did it work or not? <laughs> I've been drinking beer for the last seventeen years. It worked, <laughs> man! Did it work? Yeah, <laughs> success. Uh, married, family. Yes. Yeah, kids too. Two two young ones. Oh, okay. How young are we talking here? Well. 
six and eight. Look at you. All right. Six and eight. So uh, are you thinking, uh, you know. I'm, that's not it. No more. Heirs <laughs> <laughs> to the brew business? Uh, <laughs> not sure. A little, a little too young for that. <laughs> Anheuser-Busch is really interesting for that story, uh, the, the family story of Anheuser-Busch and, yeah. the, and the heirs to that brew business. Millions of dollars at stake. Oh, we'll try to. Yeah. Get you to go in that direction. Yeah. And basically, I mean, there was an old philosophy back then where you, you know, you had several kids to try to have enough boys so that one or two of them would, would not be the poets and the musicians and the playboys would have enough business sense uh, on their head to, to take over the family business. Right. To this, support the other ne'er-do-well. And <laughs> exactly, exactly. And this, you know, in, in well-to-do families of, of the beginning of, of the Americas and, and I'm sure Europe, that was the deal. You know, you have, you, you just go shooting out kids and if you had six daughters in a row, you kept having kids, man. <laughs> you got some boys because, you know, not, you know, times have changed obviously, but back then it was was the boys who ran the business and um anyway i think that's an interesting concept that you you know you have this family legacy in a family business you keep having kids till you get someone and it's funny that you have to evaluate your kids that way you're like oh this one's incompetent they're in that one's a, a a playboy this one you know what i mean and you have to wait till one of them's smart enough to do your job basically they're a reflection of how much you drank that night <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly I hope I can call my kids idiots someday. Yeah. You turned out all right. <laughs> Tired of calling other people's kids idiots. <laughs> I want to call my own. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what do I have? I got two more shirts to give away. John, oh, you we still have a Stump the Brewer going on here? Yeah, we do. Well, mm-hmm. well we got one uh, uh, Stump the Brewer shirt going out. And we have one from the caller. And then two more. And then two additional I ones? I got two more shirts. That's crazy. I'll take another caller, 888-401-BEER. And you have... Uh, <laughs> Don will take them home there's, if we don't get them away. There's somebody in Romania who's been writing for me. Is that right? Him, oh, when you're in the beer business, you get so much email. Can you please send me beer mats, coasters, uh, shirts, wow. glasses, anything you got that's not nailed to the place. Right. In fact, unnail it and send it to me because right. uh, I'll, I'll be good advertising in Romania. Uh, sure, sure. No, I'm a brew pub in Oakland. I don't <laughs> yeah, sell a Romania. never going to have it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, That's here's a stump Justin question. Okay. Cool. Are you ready? Oh, boy. What is the official name for a female brewer? Oh, come official? on. You studied gender. Yeah, it's it would gender thing. Brewster. It's, it's not different from a... If it's Brewster. Not, mm-hmm, there you but go. But that's a homebrew thing. It's I would actually say that in modern times, you wouldn't change the name for a female brewer. Maybe it is politically incorrect, but yeah. <laughs> through, through the various beer magazines, Brewster is the Brewster. Term that's Very to good. And it's still being used? Uh, well, there aren't that many of them out there, so... Yeah. Yes. I'm going to start a campaign against Brewster. How about that, Daniela? <laughs> Think it's, what does that make you, know? you? Hey, there's no, there's <laughs> only actors in the Academy Awards. That's right. There's only actors. Is there are no really? longer stewardesses, but they're all it's flight actor. attendants. There's a phone call. There are female actor, actually. Yeah. They, I guess they That's say. right. That's right. You but don't, uh, uh, gendered names have, not become, have no, become wrong. There's no such thing as an actress. That's right. There are female actors now. Used to be a perfectly good name, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are no longer waitresses. They're yeah. all servers. Right. Oh, Everybody yeah. is a server now. See. We should uh, we should stupid give that shirt server. away to that person. That stupid server with the long hair. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, do we have another caller? Yes. Is it a new caller? You don't know. Okay. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, what's going on? Oh, uh, not much. Who are we talking to? Halifax. Halifax. Hey, Halifax. What's nice. happening? Not much. 
You want to win a shirt? Well, sure. Have we given you a shirt, shirt yet? I've given you some shirts, haven't I? Yeah, you gave me one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of shirt did you get? Did you get a Brewing Network <laughs> shirt? or, uh, or a, I, I didn't get a Brewing Network shirt yet. I've, I got your Drake shirt. Oh, nice. You got the From Drake one of the shirt. first weeks. Actually, I'm... I got it on right now under my sweater. Yeah. yeah nice. Attaboy. I don't have any more Ring Network shirts, so I can't give you that. Were you I calling for another reason or just to call be, and say hey? I was just calling to say hey. Where are you at, Halifax? Halifax. Yeah. Oh. Huh. And <laughs> you know, that was East Coast. hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Canada. <laughs> North of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be in Canada, you know. Where are you going? I'm going to Toronto. Daniela, too. Oh, the big stink. <laughs> it is kind of stinky, actually. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, California is probably fresher air than you guys. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably right. Especially where I live. There's a refinery like a half a mile away from me. Yeah. <laughs> you have a bump on your head. There's a refinery close to me, too. Is that right? Like 30 miles or so. But Is that not close to Toronto? Halifax? Yeah. We're about... Uh, 1,100 kilometers. Oh, okay. So we won't be meeting up at some brew pub in Toronto, that's for sure. Probably not. <laughs> about 20 hours away. It's like if you... I just want to keep making it say a boot. A boot? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, my friends that live there are English, but his friends are all Canadian. And so now he's got this cross accent between... Uh, he sounds like he, he's from London and Canada, all in the same thing. Which yeah. just basically means he sounds stupid. Listen, you're going to Toronto. Some advice. Uh, okay, go for check it. Check out the Granite Brewery. Okay. Write it down. Um, have uh, have at least have their their peculiar. Okay. And uh, their best bitter is really good dry hops. And it's like in Toronto. Hops, anyways. The Granite Brewery. Yeah. Really good. They've got they've got a Granite Brewery in Halifax too. Oh, okay. They're they're both brothers. Oh, all right. And uh, they they just make they make awesome real ale. Nice. All right, I'll check that. I was looking for some brew pubs. I know I've been to a a, a little pub there. It, it's not a brew pub. But it's just a bar with a lot of beer on tap. Yeah. It's it's a little cellar. It's across the street from Hooters. That's how I found it. Yeah, I'll tell you that you right go. now. Uh, but their beer menu was literally fifteen pages long. It was a, it was like reading a book That's trying to figure out which beer you wanted. Wow. Fifteen pages. They have a bunch of them on tap, and then another fifty or sixty in a bottle. We've so, got a bar like that here with, I think, 130 taps. Wow. What? That's great. <laughs> Man, that's hard yeah, to keep. You used to be able to get a 77-cent burger and fries. Oh, yeah? That's a deal. Canadian, like, eh? That's Canadian great. Money, too. That's like 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> that's like 8 cents. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Very funny, American. That's like, Very funny. Going there? That's like negative $7. <laughs> <laughs> You're pay such you to a come dirt. in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it when I go there. My good friend, he always, uh, instead of having me go to the bank and, and convert my money, he just hands me a wad of Canadian and I hand him a wad of dollar bills. I never really know who's getting the better deal. <laughs> I really he can't tell. Is. He probably does, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So, Granite Brewer, you got any other tips for me? Uh, don't stay at the Weston. Don't stay at the West End. I got told today. I know. Is that what it is? There's a big uh, Toronto is like the San Francisco of Canada. It basically. It's. uh, In fact, I've been there during their uh, one summer that I went to visit my friends was during their Pride Parade, which is nothing compared to our Pride Parade, but uh, it was some event out there too. Tell you that. That's not that bad. They don't bother you. No, it's cool. I actually like it. It's creative. It's weird. You like it, do you? <laughs> it's colorful. In a strange sort of way, I'm yeah. I'm married myself. 
Yeah, bring her down there. See, see if she likes it. You never know. <laughs> All right. Well, I kind of want to send you a shirt just, just for hanging out with us. Resource grant, you know, grant yeah. brewery. All right, sounds good. Brewery. I could do that. I heard today. You know, Toronto has good strip clubs. But I just uh, so a listener told me this morning during the Blue Show that uh, they're all owned and run by the by the Hell's Angels out there, so you got to watch out. You know the Angels are pretty big. Are they it's really? They could be, especially in Quebec. See, I could be like maybe I'm not in the, the loop, but I thought the Angels <laughs> had died out here. Like I know there's a couple little sects, but it's not like a big thing you got to worry about. But it sounds like out there they're alive and well. No, you don't have to worry about them unless you're wearing a leather jacket with their name on them or something. <laughs> selling meth. I'll be leaving. I mean, I'll be leaving don't, that don't at home. Colors. <laughs> I can't ride my Yamaha through town with my Hell's Angel jacket. Just don't yeah. sell methamphetamine. Watching. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and don't pimp slap their strippers. Yeah, would be bad. All right, Halifax. So, uh, uh, what's ahead. his face? Who, who do you have on? We got Don Gortmiller from Pacific Coast Brewing Company. That's right. The hard one to say. Yeah. I had trouble um, with it at the beginning. Go ahead. John. Don. Don. John. How hard was it to find your capital? What was that? How hard was it to find your capital for starting up? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it takes a while. You you know, we started with a pile of our money and then got the rest of it through any means we could. Are we talking life savings here? Yeah, well, I had every dime I had tossed yeah, into it. Yeah. You did. And then do you go to friends and family and say, hey, I got this idea? You'd go any place that people will listen. Okay. Now, did banks give you money as well? Were they into it? Or did they nah, say no way? No way. They said no way, huh? Okay. Yeah. See, somebody that's never had a business, never been in the restaurant or the beer business, yeah, we're going to give them all kinds of money. Sure. That looks like a good risk. Right. And you guys had your brew system imported as well from England? Uh, actually, we have bought a used system from uh, Palo Alto Brewing, which oh, okay, uh, that's right. used to uh, make, uh, well, what was the product they made? I can't even remember. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they morphed into uh, the Tide House at okay. one point. Okay. I know that place, too. And you got the brew system from them? Right. It's an in-brewing system. Okay. I'm thinking about starting up. Are you? What do you yeah. do now? Got a million bucks, don't know what to do with mechanic. it. Mechanic. Huh? You're a mechanic? Yeah. All right, you better fix a lot like, of cars, like man. Like two to five years. I've got a partner. You could do it. With, uh, and which one are you going to brew? MBA, but are you going to be the brewer, Halifax? Yeah, I will. You will? You brewed yeah. before. Have I? Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. We're, we currently brew 20-gallon batches in our in my garage. Okay. okay. That helps. Send us some. A lot of people oh, yeah. I've talked to have never brewed. And, and they're yeah, like, yeah. I don't think I'll take a class. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I talked to a guy uh, in PEI that's north of Halifax. Okay. Anyways, he started up a brew pub, and he had never brewed before. He had a consultant come in and show him, and he does fine. Really? I'm, I'm not sweating the brewery thing. It's the whole business end. Mm. Yeah. that's You know what? That's always the hard part. It's uh, it's not coming up. Well, I mean, in beer, you obviously have to have a good product, as with any other company. But, in the desk. Yeah. You can have this great product and this, and this great company, but getting it backed and getting it out there and getting it promoted. Man. The density of population up in Canada is, is low compared well, to got, down here, too. Yeah, yeah. We've got 350,000 in Halifax. Okay. Well, that's a good two, small, two small micros. And okay. A few, uh, a few brew pubs that don't do that much beer. Right. Our micros do, which advertises like two thousand barrels a year. Okay. But 
from talking to them, they're both doubling their capacity because they just can't make it fast enough. Wow. Mm-hmm. No, so that's a good sign. you got a good market so, for it. Yeah. It's, it's people just starting to catch on in Canada, you know. Yeah. With, with the way the States is going, we're, we're kind of, we're a little bit behind you guys. Yeah. Like our dollar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, our dollar's not so great either. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you know, I'm going down south this year, and I think I'm going to buy some some American dollars. Are you? Well, it's so good. Yeah, while it's so bad, <laughs> so that it goes back up. That's a good idea. Man, I went to, I always tell the story because I don't have many exchange stories. Uh, I went to London, traded in my $100 for pounds. I got back 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. It, it I took half of my money. And it's not as if then that everything's half the price. It's the same damn price. It's six pounds for a beer. What? <laughs> so I paid $12 every time I bought a beer in London. Are you ever going to get over thing. that? No. Never, I know. the second most expensive <laughs> city in the ago. world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so bothered. And that's all I spent there was the 100 bucks. <laughs> I'm yeah. so bothered by it. We <laughs> left London after like a couple Couldn't of days. Couldn't go much more than that. No, I, 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 I got off at the airport. My trip was ruined before I ever left the airport because I went sorry, to the exchange man. booth at the airport. And he's like, so sorry. Gave him my $100. I was feeling good about it. He gave me back 50 pounds. <laughs> Two beers and a fish and chips and he's broke. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I cried all the way to London. He did. <laughs> oh, well. Poor boy. Yeah, that's right. All right, Halifax, uh, I'll give you a shirt for hanging well, out. Look at it this way, man. You're going to double your money coming into Canada. I know. That that so I like. it back, right? Actually, every time I go, I do some shopping there because you get clothes and everything for cheap, man. Why not? Nice. Yeah. Hey, Halifax, so is it going to be very cold in Canada already? We're going no, in November. Like, it was it was 13 degrees today. <gasps> By November? What, yeah. When are you coming in November? End, like, end of November, half, like the, the, t- last the la- like the 23rd. You probably have a little bit of snow. Not too much. Oh, a little man. bit. It usually snows no, around you. the 11th or the 15th. They don't even sell clothes in California that are ready for the snow. <laughs> no. no, I'm kidding. We're like right near ski resorts. Buy a toque, man. <laughs> Bring a toque. That's all i got to say. Yeah. I'm just going to wear a rubber suit. Cover those ears. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Send me an email. I'll get you a shirt. Later, man. Thanks, buddy. See ya. Bye. All right. That's fun. Two more to go. That's it. No, one more to go. No, that's it. <laughs> what? You guys are confusing that's me. Three I have shirts. two. We're going to give one to uh, to the Ro- unless you, Don, you want to take one home and give it to the Romanian. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can find some. Courtesy of the Brewing Network. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I have two more questions. Um, uh, more meaning uh, that who um, are they from? From Ono Beer and from Gucci. And Gucci uh, claims that he has never won anything That's from us. That's bollocks. If Gucci says so, and he doesn't lie. Gucci, yeah. call us up. 888-401-BEER. I want to talk to I'm you. I'm pretty sure he hasn't. Really? Yeah. How could he never have won? He, he's on the forum all the time. If he never won, it's because we stiffed him. <laughs> the guy <laughs> deserves to have won. I, I didn't say it. Um, okay. If he's never won, I'll ask Gucci's question, and we'll give him a shirt. Call us up, Gucci. Um there's two questions here from him, right? No, the other one is from Onobir. Can you read? No, there's two questions on one sheet, you tard. <laughs> Let me see that again. Let <laughs> 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 me see that again, you tard. Here, I get that. <laughs> see? Don't get all snappy with me. Here's what happens to Daniela. She hangs out in the chat room with you guys, and you get her all pumped up about making fun of me. She starts yelling things at me. She doesn't even know what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah, I cross it out for you, retard. <laughs> so it's only this bottom question? <laughs> yes, I want that one. I like it. Seems like a long question. What is the life cycle of beer? No. 
What do you mean no? <laughs> That's what you wrote down. That's the answer, no. <laughs> <laughs> the life no. cycle of yeast I wanted to ask, I guess. Well, you wrote down beer. All right. I'm still That's why I said I don't really night. know what to do about this. All right, what is the life cycle of yeast? <laughs> Cycle of yeast. It's kind of like a, a ale Walt or Yeah. <laughs> well, first it's alive and then it's dead. Yeah. What do you want? Feed <laughs> it, it grows, it multiplies it, it makes alcohol. It <laughs> well, there is a specific life cycle, though. John, do you know the life cycle of yeast? Uh, I think only Jamil would be able to answer If I was to preserve it after fermentation, I'd say ale's probably two to three weeks and lager's five to six weeks. You know? eh, if you keep it cold, it's cold. Probably longer than that, two to three months. The brewers are stumped, I would say. It, uh, <laughs> it lasts until it goes bad, and then mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you know, hey, room temperature, cold. I mean, yeah, uh, on, on beer, not on beer. Uh, I mean, you put it on a slant, and it lasts for years and years and years. Okay, all right. So, my judge is this: I mean, if, I don't, if I'm it, not quite sure what the question meant. I mean, you, know. you want a, a complete biology of uh, beer and yeast and right. Uh, Yes, probably so. Yeast eats sugar. Sugar gets uh, excreted out as carbon dioxide and alcohol, mm-hmm. and it starts mm-hmm. over again. That's that's a good yeah. That's a good rough. That sums it up. Yeah, my answer would have been, uh, you know, it's still alive if it tastes like John's beer. It's past its life cycle if it tastes like my beer. <laughs> this would have been my question. My, my answer to that. Well, uh, I mean, awesome. There was a thing not too long ago where some boat that had sunk in England 200 years ago, they dug it up, they found bottles of beer in it, and they opened some up and they ran the yeast through cleaning and washing and they resurrected the yeast and then they brewed up a batch of beer and yada, yada, yada. But so it was a several hundred year old batch of beer that they got some yeast out of and And they brewed it further. I think I read about a beer like that today. It's the most expensive beer on the planet, $52 a bottle. Um, wow. I don't know. Some yeah. of those are more expensive than that. Yeah, Don brought in some beers. Tell it, w- w- These beers are how many years old that you brought in? Well, the oldest ones I have there were brewed in 1934 and bottled in 1948 and 46. Okay. It's a Burton Ale, which is, was brewed twice last century, once at the end of Prohibition and once at the end of World War II. Okay. Maybe the only six pack on the West Coast. Uh, okay. Desk right there. And you find them on on eBay or yeah, that's where I found these. Yeah. Okay. Or, or sometimes you were telling us earlier that uh, people will auction off their estate. You know, someone's passed away. Well, they'll pick them up at an estate sale, and then they'll okay. end up on eBay or through some brewing uh, auction of some sort. Okay. And those are the best ones to grab because they've had one owner since they were if given. If you to know them. the provenance of them, that they've been in a wine cellar for the last. 30, 40 years, and yeah. there's, a, there's a reasonable chance that they might be drinkable. Now, you opened one of these, you were telling us, what, in 2002? In 2000, we, we opened one up around Christmas time. And, and it, it was, was good? It was uh, better than good. It was like Nectar of the Gods. Is that right? I just find that hard to believe, but I'm... It I mean, was hard to believe. Yeah. We, we were expecting it to be sour and nasty. and Sure. But uh, the fact that this stuff had been literally sitting in an oak cast for 20 years before it even got bottled. Right. I mean, from 1946 to 66, it was in an oak cask. Then it got bottled. Okay. Then it went into a wine cellar. It was, uh, you know, I don't know how many IBUs, but it was extremely hoppy initially. A lot of oak in there. Mm-hmm. 10% plus alcohol. So all these things... Lend it to uh, having some some longevity. Okay, and uh, it, it was really tasty. Like if you do a Google search of Valentine Burton Ale, you'll get, there's a few tasting comments uh, that are out there. That uh, okay, 
sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not. But hopefully we've got a couple that are there yeah. that are still drinkable. So what's your plan with those? You're going to hang on to them for a while. At, and at some point, we're going to have a some kind of a special uh, dinner of and have a, uh, a tasting of a of extremely old beer. Okay, and uh, that will be the, the the highlight of the evening. Hopefully, we the crack future. and open the. These really old bottles, and hopefully some of them will be good. But we'll, right. have, we'll have a bunch of other old beer there, too. Yeah. Okay. That sounds yeah. like a good idea. That's We're a good talking night. beer that's all 10% plus alcohol. Right. Really high IBUs. Okay. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, in good shape. Right, right, right. Okay. All right. So if we give it to Gucci, then, careful have, plugging that in. I wouldn't even plug that in. we have to buy another one for Ono Beer. You have to ask Ono Beer's question, too. Well, you ran out of ran out of shirts. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, the fourth. Amen. <laughs> yeah, why do I have to ask Ono Beer's question also? Well, because you gave it to Halifax for just calling in, and this is why we are responsible for buying a new shirt. I'll pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> what year did Anchor Brewing in San Francisco first open? Oh God, that was eighteen eighty something. I would guess somewhere in that range, but I know it was before before nineteen hundred. Didn't. Fritz took it over, right? Well, yeah, Fritz took it over, but that was in the 60s. Right. It was down to a three-man operation when he took it over. But the original Anchor Brewing was back from after the Gold Rush days, so it was 18, somewhere between 1860 and 1880. Probably around 1880 would be my guess. I would say that, too. 1860 would be pretty... That's, that's well, when's the Gold Rush? 1865? Yeah. So it's, it was 80, 90, somewhere around there. Okay. Oh, no, beer. Give us the answer. Is the answer in there, Daniela? Not yet. Not yeah. yet. Okay. Go to the Anchor Brewing website. They should have something. Okay. Oh, no. Uh, you can just uh, join, you know, tell us in the chat room there if if, if the brewer was stumped. We'll, 1894 we'll s- is the answer. It's at 8090. 80 to 90. Close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty close. That's very good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty good. Yeah. I'll say not stumped. Not stumped. Okay. You all right with that, Daniela? John? I'm fine with that. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all four shirts given away then, right? I should be getting four emails and four emails only. If you uh, have one, please send me an email reference uh, how you won and what show and et cetera, et cetera. And John will be sure to send that right out to you, won't you, John? Exactly. Like, like how I took care of everything today. That's right. Yeah, I, I like did. that. Yes. I like that. Shipping and handling is only nine ninety five a shirt, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My last question for you, and uh, you should know that uh, in between making fun of me, my listeners look out for me quite a bit, and John as well. Um, so this is one of those questions. Uh, it, it, it's it's in it's in three parts. What are you going to enter in GB, GABF next year? Do you know? Uh, it's it's hard to tell because the categories change so much from year to year. Uh, I don't know if you've ever looked at the at the category listing. It's like sixty five, seventy five yeah. categories. Yeah, and you know, and you know, they got coffee flavored beers, and they got so many silly things there that until you actually see their list, it's hard to say. Uh, and then it's a question of what we're going to. You know, you got to make something kind of close to them, otherwise it won't necessarily be any good to send it. Right. Um, you know, this year would have been nice for us to send our ESB, but nitrogenated beer, once you put it in a bottle, just does not pour right. It yeah, just, it's not good. It just comes out nasty. Okay. And uh, didn't have our triple made up, so we didn't couldn't do that and didn't have uh, – so it, it's just a question of what you've got available when it's that time. Yeah. Uh, typically, we tend to enter our, our stronger beers. Uh, our Blue Whale 
has done okay there previously, but it's one of those beers that doesn't have a real category. Yeah. You know, double American red ale, uh, you know, right. double IPA. I mean, it's some of these that? categories are just silly. I really prefer the way they do it at the, the Great British Beer Festival where it's like, Below, it's the under four percent alcohol and over four percent alcohol. Yeah. If it's kegged or, or in bottles, and they don't care what you call it, you know. Yeah. It's, does it taste good? Is the bottom line? They give it ninety points and above gets a gold, eighty points and above gets a silver. And, they do it the same know. in Germany. That that's it, I think it just, you know who cares what you call it? Does yeah. it taste good? Yeah. You know, and there's just too much of the, I don't know what the deal is at the Great American, but too many silly categories. They give away plenty of medals doing it the other way too. Right. Okay, if you have a booth at the GABF, will you let the Brewing Network do an on-location segment from your booth? Oh, sure. Okay. And the final question was, will you give Justin a job as an assistant brewer? <laughs> Coming from, <laughs> from our good friend listener. <laughs> yeah, not right now. Yeah. I mean, we've had one. <laughs> not from what you've heard about my beer. <laughs> one, two. We've had like three brewers in 17 years. So Is that right? Just a position. doesn't open up very often. And uh, uh, you're the head brewer now, or you have another brewer as well? Oh, I'm the, I'm the brewmaster in name. Okay. I delegate all the work to other people. Gotcha. One other person, actually. And are you designing the recipes? And, and right. Or, or, okay. Brewmaster, webmaster, and head gopher. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I'd like to give you our list of duties around you. <laughs> we had a, we listed all our titles in the business card, John. I saw you vacuum today. Yeah, I'm head vacuum. And and you use pledge. That's right. That I impressive. use pledge. I'm I'm definitely head house cleaner yes, here at are. the Brewing Network. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Okay. Don, thank you very much for coming in and talking to us about the commercial extract brewing. I think it's a pretty original segment we've done here, so Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Well, uh, good. Cheers. Pacific Coast Brewing Company. we got more beer to taste, too, huh? We've got one more barley wine to crack open. Why don't we crack that up before we go real quick? We'll do it as a a little closer. We'll taste a barley wine here. How long has this been aged? This is uh, circa 1999. Okay. In the blue bottle. In the blue bottle. Yeah, the last of the blue bottles. It's almost as old as John. Almost. 1999. <laughs> I like the blue bottle. I've never seen that. Well, yeah, well, it's hard to come by. You Where's can't it? buy them anymore? No, they had a warehouse fire over at uh, California Glass, and uh, the one container load they had was got destroyed, and they never got any more. Oh, okay. It's great. Uh, it really annoys me. I would love this bottle, especially yeah. for the beer that we put in it, Yeah. Cold Blue. Sure. Yeah. What's it, it called? What's the beer called? Code Blue Barley Wine. Code Blue Barley Which got a silver in 98, the GABF. That's a good it's beer. It's still hanging in there. Yeah, it is. Actually, that's one of the better barley wines I've had. Yeah. It's not too... What I don't like about barley wine well, is sometimes that... sometimes they get too darn hoppy and they're too dry. I don't like that syrupiness, that it's really syrupy, mm-hmm. thick, and you know what I'm... And this, this doesn't have that. In fact, I think the the dryness of this actually adds to that not but being too. But it's very malty, and there's a lot of dark malt flavor in there. Hmm. Can people find your beer anywhere besides the brew pub? Uh, brew pub, just the brew you pub. Yeah, we we occasionally bottle, but we've got so little space to to store bottles right now that okay. uh, we hopefully will get some uh, some triple bottle for Christmas. But uh, do you sell the bottles open. out of the pub? To, yeah. to you do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, everything that's ever been bottled there, I've uh, actually filled. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I like that. You like that barley wine, John? Yeah, I like it. It's a good beer. Mm. It's got some kick in the end there. It does. It's it gets alcoholic. you in the end. Yeah. It's got some. We've some got this one called, uh, is it Knucklehead? God, it's been so long. But it's, what, 14 years old at this point in, mm. a, in a cask. 
We used three different yeasts in it. First yeast died at 7%. Oh. We had another yeast that got out to about 9%. Finally went into the cask at 14% alcohol. Okay. And uh, every once in a while we pull out a glass or two of that. <laughs> right. I think at some point we're going to turn it into a beer schnapps. <laughs> there you go. That's actually a good idea. We had beer schnapps last week on the show. Oh, really? You got yeah. any around? I know. Uh, <laughs> doc, if if yeah, Doc were here, he'd be happy yeah. to serve it up. <laughs> Uh, okay, which reminds me, next week Doc will be back with us. Uh, John will be coming home from the uh, Firestone Oktoberfest right. next weekend. Doing, um, a, doing a brew demo. Uh, he'll probably be a mess for the show. No, I'll be responsible and I'll be here on time. And <laughs> <laughs> so do they have that fire truck there? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll find out. <laughs> if I have CPR or mouth mouth, then I'll let right. you Right, know. you might need that. I'm talking right, so about the, the rolling brewery. Oh, yeah. do they have a rolling brewery down there? I think it was Firestone that did that. There was a thing on the it's Discovery Channel on uh, Monster Garage. They they got this old fire truck and turned it into a, a rolling brewery. I oh, think it okay. Was the Firestone people were involved cool. with that. That is a good yeah, idea cool. right there. <laughs> you can hold a lot of beer in a fire truck. Then you can spray down. No, I had brew kettles and the whole thing. It was a rolling you brewery. You could brew there, yeah. yeah. You just stop it and fire it up, and you could brew, awesome. brew a batch of beer. That's great. Are you going to the zoo? Uh, I'm going to try. Firestone is also having this thing in, at the Oakland Zoo uh, where it's like beer and animals and night animals. or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It'll fit right in. <laughs> yeah. Is that coming up? We do that one, too. Yeah. It's um, next, next it's, weekend. It's Saturday. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's okay. coming up Saturday. So uh, I'm going to try. i got to work that night. Man, do i got to quit my job. Yeah, you do. I know I say it every work, week. Work. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Mm, yeah. All right. Uh, so anyway, uh, if I go to the beer and animals thing i'll bring you back a, a report from that but john will definitely be bringing a, a report back from firestone's Oktoberfest, uh, which should be good and he's also going to do a brew tour on audio with uh with matt brindleson right. he's he was on the drunken show uh we got gonna, we got we just barely tapped his knowledge yeah. so john's going to bring some more of that home yeah. to us do you think we could actually broadcast it on that show no because there's no way you're going to get here early enough for me to edit that that's thing. true you're not leaving until Sunday, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're you're okay. dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I will try to yeah. edit it that week and and get it right up. Okay. So we'll we'll try to do that and put it in our archives. I still have I still have uh, tons of interviews from the Portland Beer Festival. Yeah. To you to edit and and put on the archives too. So uh, these are all in the plans for for the new uh, uh, our, our little facelift. It's a small facelift. It's more of a. It's more of a energizing of the Brewing Network coming up in the next couple months. Some good guests. I'm going to throw out a couple names like, oh, say, Charlie Papazian is going to be on the show. Already booked. We will let you know when that's going to happen. Um, that's some good stuff right there. That is. You know. We have some other breweries from out of state, too. So. Some out of state breweries coming in. So there you go. So stay tuned. You know the deal. Uh, we'll be here each week. And, and uh, we've come up with a new process where we're actually going to try to let you know well in advance of what our topics are going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, very soon, John and Doc are going to are, are getting together on it now to, to really try to get it organized. But we're going to try to keep you updated a month in advance of what our show topics are uh, so that you can really be prepared and actually even go out and buy beer that, that's available in your local stores, right. and we'll do some on-air tastings so that we can really all kind of take a drink and taste these things at the same time. I think it'll take a couple of weeks to do that well. Yeah, you it know? will. Um, but Just give us a little time. But I'm going to post in the forum. I'm going to be like, this is what's going on. This is the schedule. Okay. You know, let's see what the feedback is. All right, cool. So. So just a couple things for you guys to look forward to. Uh, I will be back next Sunday with the Blue Show, uh, although I'm pushing it back to 11 a.m., I think, because uh, most people tend to be tuning in after 11. Uh, so 
10 o'clock seems to be a little slow. Guys, are, guys are still brewing or something I don't, or sleeping. I don't know what's happening. Probably so, that too. So I'll probably push that back to 11 o'clock. We'll do the, brew, the blue show from 11 to 1. And Doc's back in the studio. Uh, we do not have a guest booked as of yet for next week. Um, what I'll probably do is bring back some beer jeopardy. Of course, we'll have Dr. Scott. And I'll let you know the topic here ASAP. Nice. Sound good? Cheers. Don, thank you again for coming in today. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Uh, check out Pacific Coast Brewing Company uh, in in Oakland, and what's your exact web address? It's it's a link off of our homepage too. Uh, but PacificCoastBrewing.com. PacificCoastBrewing.com, or you can link it right off of our uh, uh, of our web page too. Uh, Daniela, would you like to say goodbye to the folks? Goodbye at home? to the folks at home. All right, we'll see you next week. Hey, is a friend of mine, and I should like good barley wine, chocolate porter, cherry stout. Don't you know what I am talking about? Don't you give me that American crude for the one of real homebrew. Don't you really love it? Homebrew, can't get enough of it. Homebrew, it blows my mind. I love homebrew all the time. Yeah, I think I have that. Well, I have the one right now.
down. <laughs>